Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, uh, Sports Director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota. It's Travis Krins. Travis, how we doing? Good. Want a Halloween wraparound? I don't why it's always... Yep. Like Halloween time, you don't get the day off. It's for the kids. It is for the kids, yep. Everything you see on TV, you can't watch a football game. There's a fucking pumpkin in the booth. Uh, everybody's got a Halloween special. Everybody dresses up like it's just stupid. So I don't know. Do you? I'll be done with it tomorrow. So. Will you? Uh, will there be a lot of trick or treaters in your neighborhood? Will you be giving out candy? And if so, what is the candy of choice? Uh, we made cookies this year for something different. We're okay. about cookies. Um. Yeah. Maybe get twenty kids or so. 20, okay. 25 kids. I was asked this weekend what my Mount Rushmore of candy was. Like, the top four candies you could get when you were trick-or-treating. What uh, What are yours? I like Twix. Okay. Skittles. Okay. Maybe uh, regular M&M's. Okay. And maybe just a regular Hershey or a Milky Way, something like that. Okay. I, I don't know. Reese's Snickers is fine. I don't care. Yeah, Reese's, yeah, Reese's would be up there. Reese's peanut butter cups, Kit Kats. Big fan of Kit Kats. Yeah. Um, I the two would, wouldn't mind the Milky Way or like a Three Musketeer. I'm a big fan of that. And yeah, something fruity like a Starburst or a, a Skittles. I think is actually better. So I I, I like that. Uh, I like that choice that you're going with there. I like gummy bears where you don't want to get gummy bears. Oh, oh. Hairball. Yeah, Kit Kats. Yep. Reese's. Yeah, there's about seven or eight of them that I'd be good with. Like, oh, yeah, this is uh, this is the quality can. Yes. The Biddle Honeys and the Tootsie Rolls, though. Get them the hell out of here. Uh-huh. Um, milk Duds. Oh, oh. Yeah. Milk Duds. Like, I'll give you some of those. I the Whoppers. I hate Whoppers. I like the yeah. sandwich, the Whopper from Burger King. The the candy, not so much. Don't like the malted yeah. milk powder. Whoppers are okay. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll give giveaway cookies here or something different, and uh, I don't feel like it. So. Well, it, it's bound to be cold here. We get it'll be cold and windy. Here it's a brisk end to October, early November. Here they got a ton of snow up in North. Dakota and uh, northern Minnesota got hit. Did you get hit with any of the snow last week from, was it Winter Storm Bryson or some bullshit like that? Maybe an inch. It was what, Saturday afternoon. We got some snow and it's pretty much all melted, despite it being very cold out. So, yeah, it's, you know, first snow of the year. We're 32 tomorrow. So, maybe get up upper 40 by Friday. They're saying so, we might get an inch of snow in St. Cloud Monday night here. We'll see if that happens or not. Uh, we did not have a podcast last week. A very busy week. Had a lot of shit going on, so apologies for not having one last week. So we have a lot to get to here over the last couple of weeks. And let's start out with the unfortunate news that Kirk Cousins' season is done with the Vikings. He tore his Achilles uh, in Sunday's win against Green Bay. And just, like, when you thought the Viking season was turning the corner, uh, like, I didn't give him any chance to beat San Francisco, and Kirk Cousins had arguably his best primetime performance ever. 
Um, I mean, he was absolutely sensational, albeit without Justin Jefferson, which makes it all the more incredible. He was playing great against Green Bay. And a third and 19, he goes back to pass, kind of moves up in the pocket, and you can just see the, the pop of the calf muscle. And it's like, oh, yep, like you know immediately what it is. It's an Achilles injury he's done. And it just sucks because the Vikings had navigated through the most difficult part of their schedule at three and four. The, their next six games are all winnable. And now it's just like, where does the season go from here? It just sucks because the Vikings were playing great football and Kirk Cousins was playing MVP level stuff and uh, it's just an awful situation all the way around. Hopefully, hopefully they lose the rest of them. They get a top pick. I need a quarterback. That's what my goal has been all fucking year. And now they come up and they beat San Francisco and it's like, you fucking idiots. They can't get out of their own fucking way. So maybe this will finally force them to say, hey, this team, we're not good enough to do anything. Are you sure they they beat San Francisco? They they just beat San Francisco. How can you say they're not good enough to do anything? What's the end goal? They make the playoffs? Yes. What good does that do? Make the playoffs. You haven't won the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you think this was a Super Bowl team? I do not necessarily this year, but I, you know what though? The way they were playing, there's a possibility the NFC is weak this year. So yes, Brock Purdy doesn't have a concussion problem. Well, I mean, he, but he didn't. I mean, he got through it very quickly, and what? And the Vikings still picked him off twice. So Justin Fields doesn't get hurt, they probably lose the Bears. Well, if Justin Jefferson doesn't get hurt, they probably... I mean, you could say that about anything. I think, honestly... I don't think that... It's only been two games. Three games. Two games. Oh, you're right. Yeah, two. No. But... Yes. Yep, you're right. Never mind. Do they... I mean, do they... You know, this team's looked fine without Justin Jefferson. It has looked... Three games. It has been three games. They've won all three. They look fine without him. They do. Do you want to give him thirty million, Justin Jefferson? Are you saying you don't want Justin Jefferson? It's only been a couple games. What? What is you know? You construct a team. The de- the defenses look better. Offensive lines look better. What can you get for him? Oh. D- Traps, don't say trade Justin Jefferson. I have no idea. You are so up and down all over the place with the Vikings here. I I've heard it consistent where you need to fall through the butt. Winning 10 games a year doesn't do anybody anything. Here's what I think. I Honestly, I hope they re-sign Kirk Cousins at like a discounted oh, wow. price of 20 minutes. He, he was playing the best football of his career this year. This is, I mean, he was playing the best football he's ever played, and he was doing it without oh. Justin Jefferson. The uh, San Francisco game was really good. Um, I, 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 you look at his stats, and they're just the same as they've always been. The last year, he had, a, I think, a career high in interceptions. It's, it's kind of like a perception thing of, oh, he's he won on Monday night, and oh, they beat San Francisco. Oh, he's doing great. Well, when he passed the ball as much as they like, his completion percentage sixty nine and a half. Yes. 
His completion percentage back in 2019 was 69.1. That's the same as it was five years ago. But he's throwing for more yards. He's more decisive. Like the, I think you, you got to look at like the, the because they they don't run the ball and they can't score when it's inside the five. They just put their first rushing touchdown of the yes. year. Yep. His yards per completion are at an all-time low for a Viking. It's it's mass that always seems you know leading the league in touchdowns. Well, yeah, because they're throwing it more. When you throw it forty-five times a game, your stats are going to be inflated. And when you refuse to run the ball, of course, yeah, you're going to lead the league in touchdowns and completions and attempts and this and that. You're four and four. But but we say that about Patrick Mahomes. We say that about Aaron Rodgers. They lead the league in yards per completion, yards per attempt. Kirk Cousins, he's like top five in a lot of things. He's like twelfth in yards per completion. So I think he's he a very good year. Yeah, I mean he leads. Yeah, I mean he's tops. He's tops like in all in the top five in many categories. Maybe outside of the one you mentioned, stats. but like those are volume stats. Like, he's not turning the ball over much. I mean, he was the reason why they won a lot of games last year uh, with that failing defense. I th- Honestly, sign him at a discounted rate and then build, like, the rest of the team around. I You can still draft a quarterback. That's fine. But honestly, I hope he comes back because they were – they got through the most difficult part of their schedule and they were going to run through – the rest of these games, they were going to win. You said this was a five-win team. They were going to be five and four after next week, and they still might be. I'm thinking they're going to be a five-win team. Uh uh-huh. like he, he was here six years. They won one playoff. Like that's no, I you know just just move on. Whether it's his fault or not. Hopefully this is okay. He's going to be 36 next fall. Mm-hmm. This injury scares them like, like we, we have to do something else. We have to move on with with this thing. Bring it, bring it back and see what happens. I got a pretty good idea what's going to happen. Bring it back. Let's have three more years of Kirk Cousins. He'll have thirty-five touchdowns, twelve interceptions, over forty-three hundred yards. He'll be good. He'll go nine and eight. You have said, though, that drafting a quarterback is not net, like how many quarterbacks are busts. So how can you say that by them drafting a quarterback that it will be instantly different? It won't be. I, you can't I guarantee like, that. I like Caleb Williams. I think he's great. I like uh, May from North Carolina. I think he's going to be good. But we don't know that for sure. That's the unknown. No, but I like those guys more than I've liked the Franks and then the Blake Bottles and the Zach Wilsons. You look at these guys play. Oh yeah, that, that's pretty good against good competition. It's a it's a good quarterback draft. It's a neat quarterback draft. They're picking what like twentieth now. So sign Colt McCoy to be a backup. Mm-hmm. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Here you go. Yeah. Here here's the ha- second half of the season. Let's see what you can do. I agree with that. Yep. I, and he'll play, I'm sure, just how you would expect a fifth, sixth-round rookie quarterback to play. I don't want to see them try and go out and get Ryan Tannehill. Don't trade for a quarterback. Don't trade for picks. Or don't don't trade your picks away 
for a run-of-the-mill quarterback. I don't want that. I agree. Like I, they're pretty. I you know Colt McCoy might be the guy. Uh, you know because he knows the Kevin O'Connell system. Uh, but I think you have to go with Jaron Hall. It just sucks because they were playing their best football. They were going to make the playoffs. I think with ease. They were going oh, to win their next five, six games, or at least five of the next six games. They just were. I mean, that schedule is... What's that? With this team, I'm not. Last week was the last week where I'm like, they should beat the Packers. They should be them. They should, they should finally end this run of touchdown wins or loss. They should finally, because Packers are not very good, and goddamn if they didn't fucking try to make this a game. They did. In the fourth quarter, Jaron Hall's in there. All you have to do is run the ball, make them use their timeouts, run out the clock. It's why I... Three fucking passes. Yep. They had couple the, they had one three and out. They picked up one first down. Mm-hmm. We're back in the end zone throwing the football. He fumbles once. They yep. try their fucking damnedest to give this thing up. I agree. I it's agree. Like, Jesus and- Christ. Just, uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell doesn't got a goddamn clue. Like what? Jonathan Vilma was like, "What are they doing?" I agree. And honestly, you have two touchdowns. You got a guy who's never played in the NFL before, Mm -hmm. and you're asking him to throw like on a third and eight. Yep, I agree. Oh, he did make the one good throw to Hawkinson for the first down on that third down. Fumbled the ball and gave the ball to twenty. I agree. No, I I agree, and that's one of the reasons why I think. Kevin O'Connell deserves some of the blame for the play calling that led to Cousins' injury. I get. Uh, I never. Before you said that, I never thought. Okay, that's a. What was it? A third and ten, third and thirteen. I'm looking at it like like that whole like that first three plays or that that three plays there leading up to it. So they get out of an injury timeout. They, the Vikings snap the ball with like 23 seconds left in the play clock. That that was on Cousins. That's stupid. Let the cl- play clock go down all the way. But you're inside the 20. Let's not push you back any further. Just keep running the ball. But a field goal puts you up by three scores. But they kicked a field goal and they missed. Because they they lost 15 yards. That was my point, is just run the football. That guarantees that the clock will run at least another 35, 40 seconds, or the Packers will have to start wasting timeouts. So you can... Take at least two, you know, a minute and a half to two minutes off of the clock. At that point, you kick a field goal. You're up by 17. You're up by three scores with seven minutes to go. The Packers aren't coming back from that. So I like and third and 19. Just you've already seen Greg Joseph miss a 42-yard field goal. By the way, we're already in this portion of the season where uh, now we have to worry about whether or not Greg Joseph's going to make a kick or not. Uh, but on third and 19, hand the ball off to try and get some positive yards and use the clock. Like, that's the whole thing. You could kind of sense that the Packers are going to mount a charge. So why not take time off the clock, force Green Bay to use their timeouts if they want to, and get a chip shot field goal. If you can pick up yards at first down, score to, or if you get to the five-yard line and you want to throw there, I'm okay with that. But just, like, get... Get to that point where you can waste clock. 
I, I, it was just poor management there because you already saw what Greg Joseph did. So why not make it as short a field goal for him as possible? And by the way, pitch runs, stop with the pitches because they suck. You can't, they, they can't hold their blocks out on the end. So don't do that. Again, it's a freak injury and it could have happened on a handoff. But I think everything that that sequence there that led up to that, very poor. It put Cousins in a position after that sack. Just say, you know what? Let's just hand the ball off on third and nineteen. Try and get a few yards and see if we can get a field goal. That I think that's my whole problem with it. It was the game management at the time. It was not run well, and now as a result, or you know. Coincidence or not, Cousins is now out for the year. In the San Francisco game, it was late, and they threw the ball 41 times. They ran like 15, and that was a game in which they never trailed. Mm-hmm. They, and then you didn't have Justin Jefferson, and apparently Cousins was hot that night. Up there. He was. I mean, it was 38 of 48 or something like that. They were good. And then uh, with the rookie quarterback and not running the ball, it's like, You've got a game in hand. Like, do you want this to be a seven-point game again, or it comes down to uh, to an onside kick? Like, uh, I heard some people, oh, Jordan Love, they pretty bad. I watched the game. I'm like, he's a lot better than I thought he would be. He's not. What? Really good. How many drops did he have? Christian Watson dropped the touchdown that would have made it a seven-point game. He was 24-41 for 229, an interception and a touchdown. He sw- I thought he had at least a half dozen blocks, yes. Oh, no. No, he had maybe th- two th- or three. Really? He-, he had the Christian Watson drop the touchdown. Jones dropped one, I know. Yep, Watson dropped one, and I think Reed he maybe one, dropped one. running back out of the flat, that one, probably that one there. There were a couple of them, like, he had at least four to five. I'm like, could this guy get some fucking help? Well, he just looked at him and was like, Jesus Christ, like, he... You know, not great. He's not a top 15 quarterback. He, he short hopped a, a few throws, too. He looked bad at times. I'm like, he, you know, not, not the worst thing. Not not his fault. And then Cousins' first play of the game should have been an interception. So it's like, you know, and nobody mentioned that because it didn't happen. So it's like, well, but those, those plays count. That was a poorly thrown ball. You know, you it can't was. pass one of the game, but. Hopefully this is okay. we got to move on from Cousins. He's a very good player, good quarterback. He's playing very well at the moment. I have no dreams of this team doing anything with, with, with them being healthy. They're 4-4. Four and four. They, they beat San Francisco two weeks ago. Uh, when Greg Joseph missed that field goal, I'm like, well, there you go. They lost this game. This one's over. Yep. And pull it out. Uh, this one right here, they're up 24-3 to three, late in the third. Christian Watson wasn't an awful football player. This would be a 24-17 game, and who knows what the head coach would have done. I love Jonathan Vilmer. Somebody said, yeah, this, uh, who the hell's the offense coordinator for this West Phillips offense? Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I think in two years I've heard West Phillips brought up that this is his fucking offense. Like, he's got anything to do, and they're literally showing Kevin O'Connell calling in the play. Well, this West Phillips offense, what the fuck? What? 
Yeah, Jonathan Bill has done Vikings games before. Yeah. Like, what, what the hell is he thinking that goes on? Well, at least it was a double... At least it was a double-digit... Uh, it was a two-score or multiple-score game, so it was a boring game for you from that standpoint, which you wanted. You wanted well, a boring game, so you... And they you got had them. I'm watching Jaron Hall go in there. I'm like, he, he did... Yeah, I don't know. He turned it over once and did okay. So I just run this ball. Like, what are you doing? Why can't you finish games off? Why is it so difficult? I agree. Run the clock. Why, why do you have to put a rookie quarterback in a situation? I agree. Where he fumbles the ball to 20. Like, why do you even do that? I agree. I absolutely agree. But that's one of the reasons why I was so optimistic about uh-huh. this Viking team. Like, by them upsetting San Francisco, which was an upset, no one saw that coming. ESPN didn't because they didn't even send Scott Van Pelt and the Monday Night Countdown crew to Minnesota, which is a slap in the face. They're probably in Detroit this week. Um, this Brian Flores defense is playing really good. And honestly, the Vikings, I had them at, at, at this point in the season, in my, my schedule projection, I am at 5-3. and three. They're 4-4. Four and four. So they were like right about where I thought they would be. And... This defense is playing really well for the most part. They, they can certainly get better in some aspects, but Cam Bynum is playing unreal. He is playing outstanding football. Daniil Hunter's got 10 sacks. DJ Wanham is making plays. You got Jordan Hicks making plays left and right. Uh, Ivan Pace is, is coming up large at times. They're, they're making plays. They're getting more comfortable with this defense, this defensive scheme. And that's why it looked like you just got to get through the first seven games. And it gets easier for a stretch. And that's why this loss of Cousins is so big. Because they had an opportunity to keep pace with the Lions. Not saying they would have caught them necessarily, but they're still only two games back. I mean, there's a great chance that this defense, I really like what I'm seeing from them. Uh, there There are pieces in place. Here for the Vikings to be consistently good for years to come. And now they just have the question of, do you bring Cousins back? You can't do it for that salary, uh, certainly not coming off of that injury. Maybe he will take a little bit of a discount to help... um, make the, you know, get, help them, you know, get a few guys, uh, a few additional pieces to make this team competitive and whatnot. Maybe they do draft a quarterback eventually as the heir apparent. I don't know. But they're, I, I want Cousins back for the right price. It can't be at what he's making right now. It's got to be at like a 20, 25 million thing. Kind of do it like Tom Brady did. You've made a lot of money. Now, if you really want to retire a Viking Take a slight, take a little bit of a discount here. That'll allow you to re-sign Jefferson. It'll allow you to have additional pieces around this team. Uh, Jordan Addison is got to be right up there for Rookie of the Year right now. I mean, he's playing great football. One of the reasons I was stoked when they got him, uh, just to be able to pair him up, and he's really taken off. But there's a lot of pieces in place here. The offensive line, Christian Derrissaw is the, the best left tackle in the game. Ranked by Pro Football Focus, Brian O'Neill is right up there. The interior of the offensive lines play better. They didn't allow a sack against the 49ers. So this is not like a, a barren wasteland uh, of a team that's void of talent. There's a lot of talent here. Keep Cousins at the right price. That's my stance on it. 
the defense is going to have to carry the team now. Yes. And the problem you have now is you don't run the ball, you don't have the running game, you don't have any good running backs, and now you need them. And they decided it was a good idea. We're just not going to run the ball. We're mm-hmm. just going to ignore the running game. And lo and behold, you'd like to have a good running game now when you have a rookie quarterback in there. But another great decision by the by the folks that run this game. Well, hopefully Cam Akers can do something. That would be nice. Um, we'll see where they are, but the Vikings are 4-4. Four and four, th- Winners of three in a row. Uh, playing good football. Uh, but now we'll see what they do. When San Francisco goes down and scores a touchdown, they lose. Like, this whole thing is different. Yes. Like, they're 3-5 instead of 4-4, four and four, but not but, much changes. But they, but, but they didn't. They, but they, they didn't. This goes back, like, so much is made of, oh, they won or lost. It's like, well, how did the game play out? The only negative you could say about Monday night's game against San Francisco was their goal-to-go offense was bad, and Greg Joseph missed an extra point and a field goal. Those are the only two negatives that you can take away from that game. They, otherwise, they played outstanding. And nobody says anything because they want it. Like, oh, yeah, your kicker almost cost you a game again. And again, yeah, they're going on offense. Well, that's because they don't have a running game. They can't run the ball. They can't. Like, why you would go into a season saying, hey, we're just not going to even concern ourselves with trying to run? We're not going to have anybody we would consider just an average running back back there in case we want to run the ball. It's just like they just gave up on, like, a third of the game. They're all right. No, we're just, we're just going to throw it 45 times. And, and go with that. And that's what they've gotten, and that's what they've got here the rest of the year. Uh, who, who's been uh, Brandon Powell? He, you know, he's, he's been showing up. Mm-hmm. DJ Hawkinson. KJ Osborne's playing great. Say, uh, again, Jonathan Vilma, he's like, KJ Osborne, he is... He's the most consistent guy on this team. Yeah, that, that's yeah. No. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What What do these guys? KJ Osborne had one catch versus Carolina for 16 yards. He had one catch versus the Chargers. He's, what is he talking about? He's dropped several balls that. The only reason he had eight K had his best game of the year yesterday. Eight catches for 99 yards. Only reason why this is happening is because Jefferson is out. So, I don't know. They, they, I mean, they, they worked fine without Jefferson. You know, you, you, it's, it's ridiculous to say trade him, but... You did, though. You just said that. I, 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 I mean, nobody else would agree with me on that. But you've got him there, and you've got now Jordan Addison, who's not quite as good as Jefferson, but a pretty good receiver. You you would never trade. That would be like you don't trade Randy Moss. You don't trade a Chris Carter. Well, I know they did that, and that was dumb. (laughs) That was dumb. They don't don't do those mistakes. This is a generational type talent. If 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 this was it, if it was all right, let's say the Vikings are picking tenth in the draft. Yep. Let's say in the uh, whoever picking number one, whoever that may be. Yep. All right, Minnesota. I will take your number 10th pick and Justin Jefferson for number one. Nope. You can have Caleb Williams. Nope. Nope. Or whatever quarterback you think is number one. Nope. 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 Not doing it. Nope. We'll give you a couple other draft picks. I'm not parting with Jefferson. Absolutely Uh not. 
He's the best wide receiver in the game. And you are you are drafting will you are drafting Caleb Williams on the hope that he pans out to be a to a to be a very good quarterback in the league. You know that Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league. Absolutely not. No. Yes. No. That's no. 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 I would I would hang up. That's just no. Not happening. What if Jefferson is the guy that maybe that hamstring just doesn't ever go? Maybe he Maybe only play like ten games here for the next three years. Hopefully not. Uh, and it goes back to something, I mean, after week one it's like trade Kirk Cousins, I don't know if they pride, I don't know if anybody wants him. He's got a no trade clause, and here we are, two days before the deadline. Like yes, uh, you should have traded this guy. No, but they're four and four. They had, could have. They were playing good football. You, they have a chance what? to make the playoffs. Chris, you can't say that. That's oh, no, no. I'm not making the playoffs. Doesn't interest me. Winning the Super Bowl. This. I agree. I want them to win the Super Bowl. I. That's why I want them to try and win in any shape or fashion. Right here. You need to get that quarterback. Every team that's done something here recently has either had a really good defense or a great quarterback. And the Vikings haven't had either for a long time. They haven't had a Hall of Fame quarterback in 50 years. And they are not going to win a Super Bowl until they have one. And every yeah. team's looking for one. And they need to get one. And I feel like there might be one this coming draft, like making the playoffs as a seventh seed to play the Lions doesn't interest me. This is a team I've watched for 30 years. They've, they've never won two playoff games at all. And I don't think this team was that team. You can be like the Angels and try to win. Or you can do what the Astros did, maybe. Tear it down and try something different. Because being, being competitive, this ain't working. There, there, there's no sense in they've made the playoffs what, three times in six years? Mm-hmm. That, that's a waste. What, what, what would they have done if they would have said, all right, let's just tear this whole thing down five years ago? Instead of saying, you know what, we're gonna, we almost made the Super Bowl to Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. We're going to sign Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. What if they would have said, you know what? We almost got the Super Bowl. I don't know if that was maybe a fluke or not. It looked like it was. Let's start from scratch. Let's start something different. But they're in this thing of let's just be competitive. Let's be good. Let's be in every game, no matter who we play. Let's if it goes our way, one year we'll win thirteen games. If it goes against us, one year we'll win six. If it, things go even, we can maybe go ten and seven and be the sixth or seventh seed and get in the playoffs and have a road game and lose. Or lose a home game with the Giants. It's like, I'm not interested. I've seen that enough. Enough with being, oh, they're, they're, they're all right. They're good. They're okay. I don't, want to, I don't want to be good. And maybe they will swing for the fence. Maybe they will offer the Cardinals a an offer they can't refuse, or the Bears, or whoever has... The first overall pick. Maybe they offer four first round picks to get Caleb Williams. Uh, you could still do that. Like you can be the, the, the lower you are in this draft, the less you have to give up. 
So the, I'm gonna throw the, a ball. I mean, you, you need to remember you need to jump up there. If you only have to jump up five or seven spots, that's doable. If you got to jump up 15, 20 spots, that's gonna take take a load and a half. Well, I mean, so. the, look at what the Browns did to trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, they've given up. They gave up what three first round picks. Uh, with some second round picks, and they clearly and they gave this whole contract. Like, and remember, the Chiefs so traded up. Yeah, but the Chiefs traded up from twenty seven to ten to get Patrick Mahomes. But you got like who is is, is it Michael Penix? Is I don't I don't see him being the guy. You got two guys. You know how much I hate the quarterbacks. You've got two guys that I want, and I feel like they're going to go number one, number two. And the, the way it's shaping up, every team in the top five is going to need a quarterback. From the Bears to the Cardinals to the Patriots, uh, the, the Giants. Like, all these teams need to pick quarterbacks. But, the, I, but, like, the Cardinals are tied with Kyler Murray. The Bears are tied with Daniel Jones. Like, that's a lot of salary that you've already tied up in there. I, I mean... The Bears. If you want, remember when Justin Fields got drafted by the Vikings and we, or by the Bears, and the Vikings were going to draft him. I'm like, damn it. Uh, Would you take Justin Fields now? No. And a lot of this thing is like, if you bring a quarterback to the Vikings, you feel like you're going to do well. Like, if you if you want to make the playoffs, I feel like Andy Dalton could probably get to the playoffs. He probably could. And I think, and you know, with probably Kirk, be the best. You know, you got James Winston. You got some other guys out there. But that's I feel like I look at everything, and outside of, you know, Kyler Murray and his contract, you look at Andy Dalton, you're like, you know what? He could probably be all right. That's why I think they'll, like, that's why you know, Kirk Cousins has played so much better with Kevin O'Connell because he's got that offensive guru, like, offensive-minded head coach. In there, he's very. He was more comfortable with the system. In after this, after having one full season, he had a full off season here where he didn't have a new offensive coordinator, no new like real terminology. That's why he was flourishing this year. And now, I, and so I I do believe that KOC can um, develop a quarterback if necessary. Like if they, if that's the way they go in April's draft. And so I don't know, like necessarily where that falls, and maybe, maybe this is, maybe I mean, I want them to try and compete to win, because this team has enough talent to, to compete to win. It's just a matter of what they do, or like how good Jaron Hall plays. Like remember the Patriots, do did they like they threw Tom Brady and they're like, yeah, brain, nothing's gonna happen here. What if like, and they won the Super Bowl that year, and Tom Brady's rookie year. Ben Roethlisberger won the the Super Bowl with the Steelers in his rookie season. I'm not saying Jaron Hall can do that, but let's see what they've got here. So I like I want to see what they have, and if it ends up where they lose seven of their remi- uh, eight of their remaining nine games, then that's how it happens, and they're still going to have a high pick. You won't have to trade as much. But I want to see them try and win because there are pieces in place and they're playing good football. And again, there's no guarantee that just by losing, you're going to make you're going to get the quarterback and there's no guarantee that the quarterback pans out. That's why I want Kirk Cousins back at a discount next year. We're seeing what 
it's like to have competent quarterback play, consistent competent quarterback play for the first time in years with Cousins. They quit, they quit fumbling the ball. They did, and that was why I did, that's why it said at the, like when the they started out 0-3, I said, this is not a bad team. This is, it's the turnovers. Like that's why I didn't think they were a bad team going in to the season. They have a lot of talent. It's the turnovers. They've cleaned up the turnovers. They've won the turnover battle now in each of these three games that the on their three-game win streak. And this is the team that I thought they would be. I just didn't expect them to beat the 49ers without Justin Jefferson. What happens if Kirk Cousins throws an intercept on that first play? Against the Packers? I don't know, but that's a what if. It didn't happen. I know it didn't happen. But, like, so what? I mean, what if, what if Justin Jefferson doesn't fumble at the goal line against the Eagles? They they, they would hopefully have won that game. But oh, that's another who knows. But that's what I mean. Like, what if what if they don't throw an interception against the Bucks there in that first at the end of that first half? They score a touchdown there. They probably win that game. What if they uh, score a touchdown after the Chargers didn't convert that fourth down? Like, we could play what ifs with anything here. But they cleaned up the turnovers, and that's the big—that's the biggest part in all of this. They pick, they cleaned up the turnovers, and they're forcing more turnovers. Can't buy. They forced three turnovers against the 49ers. Uh, had one Sunday against Green Bay. Josh Metellus playing outstanding. I really like Metellus. He's kind of that Swiss Army knife. Um, Is Lewis seen ever going to play? I—that's a great question. I do not. I don't think. But where where would you put him? Like, who would you want to take out right now? I guess. Like, well, I just don't know where you would like, because you got Bynum's playing great at safety. Harrison Smith's playing good. Like, he's flying all over the place. Metellus can kind of do anything. Where would you? Who would you take out, or who would you have to move to put Scene in? Some special team guy. I don't think he played a snap in two years. That's the supply. Dad, who's the guy? Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame? Yeah. You could have picked him. Yep. But they traded down and got another safety. Like, oh, man, that would have been great. But that didn't happen. No. Matt, Matt Zimmer had a tweet, I think, from last Monday. What was it last Monday? Yeah, he said that was a fun game, but here's this Vikings team going to go 7-10. and 10. Like, that's, that's what it is right there. Like, he and I think she had the same. I can't find it. But he he tweeted that out before right here, right the, the cousin's injury. Here, here, here it is. Kirk wins on Monday night. The Vikings well on their way to a seven and ten season that increases the likelihood of them remaining a middling team. But they but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like they would it's but, nice to win, but it's like I guarantee they would not have been seven and ten. They would not be seven and ten this year if Kirk Cousins is still healthy. I guarantee it. I would I, I would bet a large sum of money that they would be better than seven and ten this year. Given their next six games, I bet they are at, they would have been minimum just flip, uh, the inverse of that. They would be ten and seven minimum, minimum this year. They, they lose at Cincinnati. Yep, and lose at Detroit. They lose twice against Detroit. That's seven losses. They've got three games on the road, Atlanta, Denver, Vegas. They lose one of those. You know, you're nine and eight. Okay, but still, like, they're better than seven and ten. I know. But it's like just that middle, that middle ground. I'm interested in being the Eagles. 
Yeah. And the Chiefs. I'm interested in being those two. I don't want to be seven and ten. And but even the, but, okay, get, but, one of the one of the ways to get there is to not be just good. But but look at that. But you mentioned the Eagles. And who was the Eagles starting quarterback? Jalen Hurts. And what round was he drafted in? Second. Yes. So you don't need a top 10 pick necessarily to get a good quarterback. Look at Will Levis. I, get, I Granted, it's one game. Don't want to go overboard here. He threw four touchdowns against the Falcons. Falcons have a pretty good defense. Three of them go to DeAndre Hopkins. But that's his first start. He throws four touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill had two passing touchdowns prior to that, like the rest of the season. But the, the Titans, like Will Levis fell into the second round. You don't need to necessarily get a top five pick to be able to get a good quarterback. And the Eagles are a prime example of that. They get Jalen Hurts, who falls to them in the second round. You get Nick Sirianni that helps develop him, and he's turned into a superstar quarterback. So there in and of itself is kind of a flaw in the argument of the we got a tank mode. You just have to draft the right quarterback. I think Kevin O'Connell can do that. It depends on where, but I want to see them continue to try and win with the momentum they have right now. I prefer they get one of the top two picks rather than hoping that whatever quarterback they select is going to be good. Right, but again, but I'm saying that the Eagles got Jalen Hurts. But they're very good elsewhere. They've got the best offensive line. They've got... Yep. They used to have a good defense. I don't know if they got a good defense anymore. But that offensive line is getting older. So we'll see how long that the end. They've tied a lot of money into Hurts. You're going to have to tie a lot of money into A.J. Brown. We'll see yeah, how long the Eagles can keep this up. I mean, like I said, that Eagles offensive line getting older. I bet this is Jason Kelsey's last year. I mean, Lane Johnson's getting older. They have a lot of old guys on that offensive line. And the Vikings, as I said, they have two stout offensive tackles here. You just got to build the interior of that line now. Do you want to keep the new Hunter? Based on the, based on the two drafts that this current administration has had, they've not been good. Well, we're seeing Booth play a little bit better. Caleb Evans hasn't been terrible. Cornerback out of Missouri. Addison's been great. We'll see how good he is when Jaron Hall throws him back. Well, that requires Aaron Hall to actually get the ball to him. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I just, I just want him to win the Super Bowl, and as do I. Going seven and ten, making playoffs every year just isn't just being the same old, same old. Like, get get better somehow. If, if you don't want to tank, if you don't want a top pick, then get better somehow. Organically, you know, just get better. Go from I don't know. Yeah. Get better somehow. I agree. From last year, and I don't. The defense is better. The offensive line is better. Certain things are worse. There's. Yeah, they were thirteen and four last year. They were more like an eight and nine team. I mean, they were outscored last year for Christ's sake. They're a better team, and that's why I said they're better this year than last year. The record's not going to reflect it, but they're a better team this year. They are. Better defensively, to where they're not so one way. Or it's all offense last this year. They're they're, they're more even. Mm-hmm. But then the running, the running game is not existent. Right. Yep. So we'll see what they do. I don't expect them to do anything. I expect them to sign Colt McCoy 
And he should only be there for emergency purposes. Right. I want them to go well, Jaron Hall. I don't want Nick Mullins to be the guy. I don't. Like, that's... Yeah, give Jaron Hall a couple. give him three games here, and if he sucks... Send him then, then you put in one of these other guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe put in Jaron Hall again in a few weeks. But hopefully this is the end of Kirk Cousins. He, he was here for six years. He was good. Uh, we won one playoff game. That's not good enough. So... As good as he was, we need somebody better than him. We need a top five quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback. He's very good. We need a top five quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback. Top ten. He's a top ten quarterback. We need a top five guy. The 49ers made it to... Uh, to the NFC Championship game with a not top five quarterback last year, but, but their entire team is so much better. Right, like they, they, like every aspect of the 49ers is top five. Any, 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 any position is top five. Defensive line mm-hmm. top five. Offensive line top five. Yep. Defense top five. But guess, like, guess who only has a one like who's won one more game than the Vikings this year? The 49ers currently mauled, marred in a. Three-game losing streak. They lost to the Bengals. Uh, looked bad in it. Oh, that was that was bad. Um, next week, uh, the Chiefs lost two to the Broncos. That snapped a 16-game winning streak against the the Broncos. That sucked. Mahomes um, had the flu, so we'll just chalk it up to that. Next week, what a week! Uh, Thursday night football. Don't give a damn about. But Sunday, 9:30 a.m. Eastern, 8:30 a.m. Central Time. The first of the two Germany games. In Frankfurt, you got the Dolphins and the Chiefs. That should be a whale of a game. You have Ravens Seahawks in the early window, Cowboys Eagles in the late window. You got Bills Bengals in the Sunday night. Next Sunday is just a fantastic week of football. Absolutely fantastic uh, marquee games in every window. I see these commercials with whatever the whatever computer system helps them make the schedule. AWS, yeah, Amazon, a- yeah, AWS, Amazon Web Systems, and obviously Chargers Jets look a lot better if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback there. Yes, you know, and, and next week's good, but to put Dolphins Chiefs in Germany, what a mistake! Agreed, absolutely agreed. Uh, um, I read some. Peter King had something in my, uh, his Football Morning in America. Yeah. Um. Did you see this at all? There was something this summer. I remember seeing about how the Chiefs didn't want this game there. They wanted it at home or something. Well, I think they wanted. I think they wanted like cheap beer. Like that's a German cheap well, beer. Give that. Don't put this game is on paper a top five game of the year. Nobody's going to see it. It's on it. Nine o'clock in the morning. But did we anticipate that the Dolphins would have this good of an offense? Well, they'd be good. They would like, be good. And it was, year, like you look at the. I agree. It should have been the schedule. Oh yeah, Dolphins Chiefs. That's you would look at. You would look at that schedule, mm-hmm. and you would say that's. You know, you, you've got a good week next week. Yep. You've got those games you mentioned. Oh, I, I, I agree. They put Bills Bengals on Monday night to make up for the game that didn't happen. I last thought they year. should have too. I think that was a that's a slap in the face to ESPN yeah. by uh, by uh, the NFL. But they also gave 
ABC or ESPN Eagles Chiefs or the Super Bowl rematch. Yeah. So I mean that kind of makes up for it. But that's one of the things too. Like, Cowboys Eagles, that's a big deal. But then other than that, that's about it. Yeah, that's, that's bad, you know. Seahawks Ravens has a chance to be pretty good. What's 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 the game next week? Um, Colts Patriots. There we go. Yeah. That is that is a European Colts yes. Patriots. Well, okay. So what Peter King said in his Football Morning in America column, he has a section on this because he, he says the NFL will never admit it, but that you know they're probably a little upset that this game is being played in yeah. uh, Germany and not at Kansas City. But he went through this the the schedule here of what they had, and that they don't want to put a divisional game over there unless both teams agree to it. Well, that wasn't going to happen. They didn't want Chicago to go over there because Chicago comes to Kansas City once every eight years. It's a Midwest thing. They could get a lot of like there was a lot of excitement around the Bears coming what, to Kansas what City. What a game that was as well. It was what yeah, a, yeah, that was. I'm sure those Bears fans that went like, I'm glad we didn't miss this. I uh, yep. Here, uh, let me. I'm I'm gonna pull this up here right now, just so I. I I agree. Uh, they said that Detroit. Then I'm gonna pull this up here, so I so I make sure I get all of his talking points in because I think it's worth noting kind of how it got eliminated down to the. I mean, would you want Buffalo, Kansas City to go to Europe to? Because then I want Bears, Bears, Chiefs. That should be in. I agree that that probably they could have That's sent lines. Bears, if you're a Bears fan, you can go to Detroit. If you're a Bears fan, you can go to Green Bay. If you're a Bears fan, you can go to Minneapolis. If you're a Bears fan, you can go to Indianapolis. You can go to Nashville. You don't got to go to fucking Kansas City. How's that game going to end up? Forty-one to ten or whatever it was. Not good. Like, that is a not a game that anybody would want to watch. It's not a primetime game for any aspect. Okay, so this is what Peter King says. Uh, no one in, inside the NFL offices will ever admit it that uh, that it, that they regret it, but there there has to be some regret. Uh, why it's here's why it happened. He says, and why it's pretty logical that this game, Dolphins Chiefs, ended up in Germany. Five major reasons. Every team now is mandated to play a home game at an international site. Blah blah blah. Kansas City wanted its game to be in Germany, where it has global marketing rights. So that's that's one. The NFL doesn't like to schedule division teams as international foes unless those teams agree to make the trip. So no, like all the West Coast teams weren't going to do it. So that left with the, the Chiefs with the, this slate of games: Buffalo, Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit, Miami, Philadelphia, Kansas City. It is said they did not want to lose the Chicago home game. Uh, so it's them. It's the Midwest. The, the Chiefs have a real hard time selling out football. Well, I, I I know I'm just saying they it said he says that Kansas City did not want to lose the Chicago home game. That is why wow, I don't really make any sense. But that's that's what that's what Kansas City wanted. They did not want to lose that game. Kansas what? City can uh, they said in the Midwest the 103 year old Bears have fans everywhere and Kansas City felt it would have been a disservice to those fans to go 15 seasons without a visit by the Bears. Uh, the Bears fans, how many Bears fans were there? I I don't know. I'm just saying that that's that's a stupid reason. But that's what the Chiefs are saying. That is what Kansas City is saying. They didn't want to lose that Chicago home game. So that leaves five left. Uh, the the Philadelphia one, nope, it wasn't gonna happen. So that leaves you. Then you have Detroit, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Miami. 
Um, like if this were Kansas City Buffalo fans would be upset about that. If it were Kansas City Cincinnati fans would be upset about that, given the the playoff history that these two franchises have had. The biggest thing, and then then he says that it, reason number five, the X factor. Uh, Detroit uh, it was kind of like the Darlings last year. They had Zilch to play for in Week 18 at Lambeau Field. The Packers had a playoff spot, yet the Lions beat Green Bay and played valiantly that night. Inside the NFL, there was a fascination with the potential of the Lions. The league never has put the most desirable matchup as the first game of the season because the ratings are going to be solid anyway. So they put the Lions in the opener over Miami and the Raiders. So the only, like, the, the, the juicy story in all of this regarding Miami against Kansas City is it's Tyreek Hill going against his former team. But so out of, like, if, if it was Buffalo at, uh, against Kansas City in Europe or Cincinnati against Kansas City in Europe, you would have fans losing their minds over that. And plus, let's say Tua's not healthy. Let's say, I mean, then this game becomes not a marquee game. This is only marquee besides the Tyreek Hill going against his former team standpoint, because Tua's healthy and this Miami Dolphins offense is rolling. But that's, I'm just saying that like that's what uh, Peter King has written in like the report, or the, in his Football Morning in America, the five major reasons why the NFL ultimately decided on Miami. Why did the Chiefs have to go to Germany? Because they have their global marketing rights and every team is mandated to play an international game uh, once every eight years. A, a home game once every eight years. So the Vikings will play a home game likely in London once every eight years at least. Chiefs just went to Mexico four years ago. But that wasn't a home game, I don't believe. That was against L.A., and that ended up being moved to the Coliseum because the field wasn't good. No, that was uh, this was a game against the Chargers the next year. Oh, okay. Yep. But that that, that was a Chargers game. Uh, Char- play, play the Lions or the Bears over there. Do not play the Dolphins. But I just gave you the reasons why. I they- know, but stupid reasons because they got some Germany rights or whatever, or they didn't. Look at their schedule. Say, all right, I get the but Chiefs the, have to play a home game this year in Europe. Don't play the Dolphins. But they, they said that the Chiefs didn't want to lose that Chicago game. Well, now we're going to have Dolphins fans, which, for whatever the fuck reason, Dolphins haven't been really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of Dolphins. Yes, we for do. For some I have no idea. But I, anyway. I remember going to a Vikings-Dolphins game one year, and there were so many Dolphins fans in cars driving up the, on the interstate all the way to the game, and that, that game had yeah. so many dolphins. I agree with you. That there's something of, uh, nostalgic about so now, the Dolphins. So now we're going to have Dolphins fans. They're going to go 15 years between all games in Kansas City. No, no, because they're in the same they're conference. They're in the same, they're in the same conference, so at most it would be six years. At most. To put a marquee game like this makes no sense. They're like, you know what? We don't give a goddamn at the Bears. You want the Bears? You're cool. We're going to put the Bears in cheap over there. So, yeah, poor decision making. Well, I'm just telling you what. One of the seven other primetime games the Bears have, because take from, from last night's exciting Chargers Bears Classic. Yeah, that. that I... Pull out the Sunday night. 
What and a, uh, what a so you know what, Bears? Maybe I'll play this Sunday night. Yeah. Like, I, I'd like to know, you know outside of all since Chicago's a big city, well, yeah, but nobody wants to watch the Bears because they've had two good seasons in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And what, next week we've got uh, Jets Raiders? Jets Chargers on Monday night. Hey, what are the, the Chargers? Enough with the Chargers. They're the Vikings. They're 9-8. and eight. Yes. Enough. Enough with the fucking Chargers. That's why I wanted Vikings yeah, Chargers on Monday. Don't put them on. Don't put them on fucking a month straight. Where we goddamn Monday or Sunday night game I watched. Chargers Cowboys, Chargers Raiders, yeah. Chargers Bears. Some agree. other fucking team in the month of October play a goddamn night game before the fucking nine-win Chargers. I, Jesus Christ! I I agree. That's why I said that I want like I wanted the Chargers to play the Vikings because you have two teams uh, that are like the it's like the Spider-Man meme. It, like, they're the yeah. exact same team in different conferences. So I I agree with you on the Chargers. That's pretty good. We got some good guys here. We got a good guy here, but we just don't do anything. Anyway, we have a great quarterback in Justin Herbert, but we have a shitty head coach in Brandon Staley. Yeah. So. And then putting Denver and the Chiefs just played two weeks ago on a Thursday night. Yeah. Don't play them again. But the and Vikings, the Vikings have to do that with the the Lions at the end of the season. Uh, multiple. And, 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 and likely those games will mean nothing because the Lions will have clinched the division by week fifteen. So those games in which they could have some importance in the first ten weeks of the year. And they, they have zero importance now. And they won't. Both will be playing for one seed rather than the division. And they won't have significance because of the Kirk Cousins injury. Just saying. Like that. I don't think it'd be, be there. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what we got here for the NFL. Should we uh, switch to college football here before we get into uh, baseball? I mean, we got to make our NBA picks, I suppose. Oh, yes. Um, um, yeah. I, suppose. Uh, I, I, I will say this. I did pick the Vikings to beat the 49ers last week. You did? But not on purpose. Oh. It's not on purpose because I'm in a, a pickup thing. Yeah. And for some reason, I picked the Dolphins over the Eagles. Didn't like it. I'm like... Okay. I picked the Dolphins over the I Eagles, too. That would have been a, that's a, dumb, a dumb move. I'm like, Eagles had struggled, and, you know, Eagles win. So I'm down by one point, one pick... Getting into Monday night, I thought, okay, everybody's going to be picking the 49ers. I'm going to pick the Vikings in order to. It's, okay. I, again, I'm not interested in finishing fucking fifth here. Right. You're going I'm finishing, to... you get $60 for first, you get $20 for second. I'm interested in finish 10th, 5th, whatever, one or two. Mm-hmm. Well, I picked the Vikings, and they win. But then more people than I thought did pick the Vikings. They're like, why would you like I feel like eight of the twenty people picked the Vikings, okay. which made no sense. Homers, yeah, I wouldn't have picked. I didn't pick the Vikings. So I did not. If I would have picked the Eagles, mm-hmm. like I should have, I would have kept with my San Francisco pick, and I would have lost that anyway. So ultimately, is a wash. There's no rhyme or reason why I would have gotten. There's no scenario in which I would have picked both of those games right. Mm-hmm. I would have picked one of them wrong anyway. So it didn't matter in the first place. Uh, I think the Vikings not expected it. I thought it'd be close, but not that they'd actually won. So. Yeah, but they were like, "Oh, I expect this to be close." I'm like, what the hell are you all smoking here? I think this is going to be a blowout, like thirty to ten, and then okay. every game is you just assume them in Buffalo. Every game's close. Just I guess them, so. them and the Chiefs. 
I, I guess so. We'll, we'll see if, if, if starting a rookie quarterback can, can end this run here of something. We'll can, see. Can something happen in this in this next month where maybe we only score like seven points? We'll see. We'll see. College football here. SDSU, big win over USD, 37-3. to uh, I mean, just incredible. I mean, they, are, you, are you telling me that USD is not the fourth best team in the FCS? Uh, surprisingly, yes. I'm going to say, yeah, no. I guess they aren't. I mean, you and I probably could have said that, but uh, apparently the, the voters thought otherwise. Uh, Montana State loses to Idaho. Like, this is all just, again, SDSU has to take care of business against now NDSU this week for the Dakota Marker. Uh, I always hate it when the rivalry games are back-to-back weeks. But, um, like, is anyone going to touch? It just, it seems as though the path is getting paved pretty nicely to another national championship, at least another national championship appearance in Frisco. I mean, the, they their defense was sensational. This Bauman guy or whatever for... For USD, one interception on the year. Throws two interceptions against the the Jacks. They have under 200 yards of offense. Uh, 42 yards on their opening drive. They got a field goal. That would be the only points they scored all game long. I mean, SDSU started a little slow, but once they got going, wow. Um, good luck stopping them. You know who Aiden Bauman's dad is? Is it Todd Bauman? It is. You know, uh, my uh, former pastor at my church, uh, his cousin is Todd Bauman's dad. Marshall? Yeah. Todd Bauman went to RTR, Russell Tyler Ruthton. Russell Tyler Ruthton. Yeah. Where was he at? He would have, hey, why why can't he be around? Why can't we get a 20, uh, Todd Bauman from 20 years ago? That'd be great. I don't know. Chris Strebler was at the USD-SDSU game. Maybe get Why him Why can't we get him, for Christ's sake? Somebody. Because he's not very uh, good. That's why he was at the USD-SDSU game, because he's not on an NFL roster. Yeah. USD's going to lose this week at Southern Illinois. Yes. Yes, they are. They're going to drop from 4 to like 17. I, I feel confident having not watched a snap of USD football this year or in many years, in no way were they four. They beat Youngstown State by three, and they nearly blew a two-touchdown lead there. Mm-hmm. Beating North Dakota State is good, but North Dakota State's like a four-loss team this year, so it's not as good as it usually would have been. Mm-hmm. I think they're losing next week to North Dakota, USD, when they play them, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, shit. We got to beat Western Illinois to make the playoffs here. I'm sure they will. Well, I mean, UND, though, almost lost at home to Indiana State, winless Indiana State. Um, I mean, Indiana State, what was it? And they, they struggled with US, USD, struggled with Indiana State last week. Yeah, 17 That's why I was like, okay, I'm not really. St- I mean, yeah, they have, they have a good defense. But um, I'm not concerned at all. And I don't care that their player got ejected for targeting. It was the right call, I think. Um, it wouldn't have mattered if he was out there. Maybe SDSU would have scored seven fewer points, one less touchdown. Big deal. Like, I want to put the USD in the first, uh, the SDSU's first round of the playoffs. I would like to play USD again. Mm-hmm. I would like to play North Dakota State if they can make it that far. Yeah, they, they should win by three touchdowns. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Again, I, I've mentioned this multiple times throughout the season that SDSU got screwed with the Missouri Valley Conference scheduling. 
they don't get any of the three worst teams in there, and USD and uh, NDSU get to feast on them, or at least two of the three of those teams. Like NDSU, the last two weeks after that brutal loss to UND, they got to play Western Illinois and Murray State at home. Wow. Oh wow! I mean, that I, I, give me your good teams. I don't. I don't want to play Murray State. I don't want to play this crap. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's for SDSU to that's, be that's a waste of a week. For SDSU though to be able to go through this gauntlet, like to play all the really good teams, just speaks to how good of a team this is. And well, I feel like SDSU would probably finish third in the Big Ten West this year. Probably. Well, would um oh was it did Charlie telling me this a couple weeks ago? Did I see this? I no, maybe I saw this in a tweet somewhere. SDSU like in the however like the the Sagarin ratings yeah. or whatever like thirty fourth. They're the thirty fourth best team in college football this year. Yeah, maybe like receiving votes in the top ten five. Yes. Well, remember that one time that NDSU did receive votes. How come SDSU isn't getting that? They, um, if they, what do they have to do? If they win their next five in a row, they will have the third longest CS winning streak ever. Yes. They have to go 10-0 next year to have the record. They need to win out this year, then start next year 10-0, and then they will have won, I think, 40 in a row. It's going to be tough because I think, isn't Oklahoma State next year? I think so. It, I mean, it depends on if Gronowski comes back or not. Yeah, he's, he's not a senior, is he? No, he's a junior. So if he yeah, comes he'll, back. He'll be back, so. Yeah, Oklahoma State's good, but uh, a, you just wish that the last couple of years they could have played in Iowa, in Minnesota, Nebraska. So they did play Iowa. They lost 7-3. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate. Was that last year? That was last year. Yep. That, that was the only. Game. That was the first game of the year. That was the only game they lost. I mean, that's the last game that they've lost. Yeah. So, Brian Ferentz, by the way, uh, gonna not gonna be returning to um, to Iowa next year. So, Iowa might have a decent offense. So. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that past it. But, what? Uh, okay, so we didn't yeah. have this. We didn't have this. Uh, we the podcast last week. What were your thoughts on the Minnesota Iowa ending? I loved it. I loved Iowa getting screwed. I think you know. It sounds like it was the right yeah, they call. Got screwed, all right, that was a that was a terrible call to have that be uh, the returns the punt fifty yards and they won the game. We're looking at the replay, and nobody, not, there's not a single man alive that's thinking, that's watching that game. There's not a single broadcaster saying, well, he kind of called for a fair catch there, which he didn't. They're saying, oh, maybe he stepped out of bounds, which he didn't. They go, oh, it should be a touchdown. And then they come up and say, yeah, dead ball, touchdown doesn't count, first and ten. It was a fair catch. It was a dead ball. We're like, what? Did they deserve to win, though, with negative two yards of total offense in the second yeah, half? They, they returned the putt for a touchdown. Get rid of that rule. Going like this is not a fair catch. If your arm doesn't go above your fucking head, I'm sorry. What, <laughs> what rule, what, what, what sense does that make? How many times have we seen guys, I've seen they, after the fact, I saw a couple plays where they did rule it dead. What an awful rule. 
Yeah. Oh, get away from the ball. Get away. Kenny Pickett does the fake slide just because he did. They get rid of that. Yep. That's to protect the players. Get get rid of shit that's exciting. What an exciting finish! Like, oh, Gophers, what a what a walk. Oh, hey. What a lot. What, I, I'm just glad Minnesota's on the good end of that. Uh, and you know what? I think Minnesota did the world a favor by taking Iowa out of uh, college football playoff contention. Week before, they somehow scored 15 points in Wisconsin. They somehow didn't run a play in Wisconsin territory. I don't know how they got to 15 points. I heard they, that did not, they did not want to play in that's, Wisconsin territory. That's fantastic. And also the, the Jets-Giants played one of the worst games of all time. Oh, yes. Oh, to go, just run it on fourth and one. Just run it there. Just, you feel like, what are the chances they're going to gain any yardage with 30 seconds to go? Just very minimal. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, Iowa, you know, they should be 7-1. They're going to finish 11-1. and one. They're going to be... Know, a pesky team playing Michigan and now that's, that's out of the books. Well, speaking of Michigan, though, wow, is this story taking a whole uh, leg of its own? Is it Colin Stallions? Is that this guy's name? Um, I think so. Yeah, the former uh, armed forces, what, he's in the Marines, I believe. Uh, he is uh, this sign stealing scandal it makes the Astros. Uh, sign stealing scandal look like child's play. I mean, videotaping games, uh, paying you know for tickets to go to games. You know, D three coaches going all these Big Ten conference games. This is a very it it it's a big deal and it isn't like it's okay it's sign stealing, but it's the way you do it. Like there's a there's a sportsmanship way of of stealing signs. This is not it. And I don't know how Jim Harbaugh can survive this because if Pat Fitzgerald can get fired for the hazing scandal, which he said he he didn't know, like, well, you're responsible for everything that goes on in your program. Harbaugh denies he, he knew anything about this. Well, I think that's kind of a lie. Or if, if he's telling the truth, he still needs to get fired because you're responsible for everything in your program. So, um... This is bad. It's a bad look because Michigan, now it's like, okay, they probably would have won most of these games, but it puts everything now into question. And, you know, with the NCAA investigating, it'll probably take seven years before they do anything. But Michigan has a great chance to make it to the college football playoff this year the big and the Big Ten championship game. Do, they almost, I feel like they have to do something about this before it gets to that point just for the integrity's sake of this college football playoff season, right? Oh, they should, but they won't. Fuck, they'll decide this after. Right, but but I'm saying, like, we're in agreement that they should because this is, like... Oh, yeah, they should, but how long did this Kansas basketball thing? What was that, seven years? Yeah, forever, forever. Because that's, that's a reasonable amount of time. Like, are they one of these games that are on television? Yeah. Like, I can see the signs... So I, I, I don't see this as a big deal at all. So some guy bought tickets to these games and he recorded, I guess he sat behind the opposing team's bench and with a phone or whatever recorded the signs of the other team. 
And I think the whole part, like, this is a guy yeah. in the armed forces. You should be trained on stealth, and everything's just coming out. It's like, boy, this guy didn't do a good job hiding his tracks. Like, you know, you can yeah, they could find the ticket sales and the money trail. Like, I mean, could you make this a little challenging? Come on. And apparently, like, teams knew about this. So there's that. I read, if this is true, like, TCU knew about it. So they changed all their signals. And they won. They beat Michigan. They used some of the same signals as dummy signals. And he watched that game, and it kind of looked like, yeah, this that was a stutter. TCU just ran up and down their ass all game long. Like, well, yeah, they uh, they thought they knew the signs, but they didn't. That's why you give up 50 points in a game. So it kind of worked against Michigan. I just, I can't see how Jim Harbaugh survives this. And apparently, now the oh, NFL sure. has kind yeah. of made him a taboo <laughs> figure. <laughs> like, a $50 parking ticket. They don't do this again. Oh, no. I, this is this is worse than um, now this. your run-of-the-mill sign stealing. Like, he's responsible. You're responsible for everything in your program. Apparently, the U, uh, the University of Michigan rescinded an extension offer, and reports are that they they pulled it, and Harbaugh denies that 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 the extension was rescinded, or that it, it, it it's as a result of the science. Michigan is in a lot of trouble right now. You got the FBI invest on campus for investigating some uh, former offensive coordinator with a computer and whatnot. Like Michigan's got. Like, that's why I said at the beginning of the season. The Big Ten, for all their, you know, clouding about how, how look at how great of a conference we are and how, how prestigious and, you know, we're held to higher standards and academics and stuff. Look at all the shit that's happened to your programs. Penn State and Northwestern and Ohio State with Urban Meyer. And uh, now you got this going on at Michigan's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you're not, maybe you're really scum. I mean... It's just... the, Penn State, the Penn State thing is the worst thing that we've ever heard. Yes. Yes. And their penalty was what? They couldn't go to a bowl game for what? Two they years? Should, they should have gotten the death penalty. Wow. Like what, a, SMU. What, a, what a penalty. Molesting kids. Yeah. Penalty is you can't go to the fucking Music City Bowl for two years. What a... What, and it, it cost him tens of millions of dollars with buyouts for coaches and court costs and bad PR and Sports Illustrated had something like the Northwestern things cost them like 40, 50 million dollars based on all of these things. Mm-hmm. So other than that and Penn State, boom, they're a top 10 team right back as good as they've been for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. So compare that to this given, given the NCAA's track record nothing's going to happen to Michigan. They're all forfeiture wins. Okay, sure, they never happened. We'll keep the money from those. They never find them any. Why don't they, hey, we're going to find you. Any money you made from that season, television revenue, mm-hmm. ticket sales, anything, That that all of that goes to Rutgers. All of it goes to Rutgers. <laughs> well, Rutgers will just mismanage that then. <laughs> team that does something bad, all their money goes to Rutgers. Yeah. If they do that, why don't they do, they, they never do, like baseball, you get a penalty, you get a uh, suspension in baseball, you're done for 81 games. You do it again, you're done for a season. Mm-hmm. Like, have a penalty worth a damn. 
means, oh, we're going to suspend what it was suspended the first three games. Great. You don't get to play Rice or Central Michigan. That really, uh, really affected. Do something. This is going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the penalty? If, if I can go and I can drive on the interstate as fast as I want, and the penalty every time is a $20 speeding ticket, that is no deterrent against me speed. I'm going to thanks. I yep. will speed again, and I'll pay you my twenty dollars because that's if it's if it's a thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm probably not going to speed again. So, whatever this penalty is going to be in the next five years, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. It's, there, there's no consequences because there's never there's never any consequences. But I think it, I think it could result in Harbaugh losing his job. Because he is responsible. For, turn that team into. They'll go back to the NFL. He'll go to. Uh, no, but the, the, that's what I said. The NFL has said like they've kind of made him a taboo um, figure now. To like to, they've said stay away from hiring Jim Harbaugh. So. God forbid he do something like Sean Payton would do and try to fucking well, they, main the quarterback for God's sake. Right. Right. Well, good thing he didn't do what Deshaun Watson did in. in uh, Molest fifty women. Thank God he didn't do something. Like, all, all he did was, yeah. which is very strange. What what people deem I, important and I agree. And we're going to blackball this guy because he did this. Meanwhile, somebody it, shoves the, the barrel of a gun inside her uh, girlfriend's mouth and shoves her on a, a, a bed full of guns. Wait, sure. was that Greg Hardy? That was Greg Hardy. Stealing signs. Oh shit. I, Don't be doing that, because I, I imagine no, nobody else is doing that. Listen, I agree with you that that the the um, the importance that's being placed upon some of these things is, is way out of whack. But this story continues to grow tentacles. Like there's new information that's coming out every day or every other day. I just I don't know how, Mich- like Jim Harbaugh survives this, and I I. It, it, you're going to have this cloud hanging over the college football playoff this year if Michigan's in it because of the sign stealing. But they lost to the TCU because they because they did this. If they don't do this, they probably beat TCU. So this ended up costing them. If what I read was correct, where TCU knew they stole signs, so they kept their old signs and just signaled them in, but actually had new signs that they didn't know about, mm-hmm. and they put them, and it looked like. They fucking tripped them pretty good. Yeah. Well, ultimately, this costs Michigan. Yep. A, a trip to the national championship. So I'm. Good thing they didn't cheat on his wife like Urban Meyer probably did. They ain't got only recorded the other team with their stupid fucking signals. Last week, Oregon trounced Utah. That was very good to see. Uh, that likely would have been the game of the week. Do you have a game of the week for us this week? Oh, what the hell's going on? Has this been the worst college football season ever? I don't know. Oh, oh thank God Kansas beat Oklahoma. Yay, Kansas. I, I don't want any Big 12 team in there. Get them the fuck out of here. I, Dang. All right, yeah. Get them out. You know what? Get Oklahoma, Texas. Screw you guys. Get out. Um, I do feel, though, like Washington's teetering on the brink of a collapse here after the last how, couple of how, how do they continue to just well, how do they continue to just get by? Oh, you know what? We're going to keep them fifth. We barely beat Stanford. Now yeah, let's keep them fifth. Like, how does this happen? Can you not play a game and look like total dog shit for two weeks in a row against... Yeah. Arizona State and Stanford, the two yeah. worst teams. Yep. Teams that are not... Teams that are winning three games this year. Oh, and by the way, 
Colorado blowing that huge lead against Stanford. Lovely. Mm. Oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> Screw they, you, they, they lost. They lost to UCLA. Yeah, but two weeks ago they blew that big lead, that twenty-nine yeah. nothing halftime lead. We mentioned that. We uh, did we mention we, uh, that? Oh, did was that? I yeah, thought that was yeah. two weeks ago only. Uh, game of the week: Washington USC. Very good. Upset of the week: USC over Washington. Oh, okay, all right. I, you know what? That's a, I I like that. Pick. I would if, if if I was voting, I would put Oregon over Washington. Yeah, Oregon yep. Better. They lost that game by a field goal, and they trounced Utah. Out of the situation in which you can say these two teams have played, it was a very close game, very evenly played game. Mm-hmm. If they play again, which is likely, I think Oregon's going to win. Mm-hmm. I would be fine, given how the way Washington has played for two weeks now. Oregon being above Washington. So I think that's your game of the week. That is your upset of the week, even though USC has looked atrocious. Pretty I'm, much all season long. I'm very glad, by the way, that USC is no longer going to be uh, a college football player. Even though I picked them, I'm glad they aren't in it. Defensive seem to have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. You know, people, USC people are excited, but... Sorry, Shot and Kirk. You don't deserve it if Lincoln Riley is going to treat the program the way he's done. So, but this is just in Oklahoma where they you know, they they go ten and two, and they're good, but they're not a serious threat. Just wait till they to get the recruits in and out. When you lose when you lose Caleb Williams, now what? What five stars are going to come in and tear it up? Mm-hmm. And probably not do as good. So, game of the week, upset of the week. Who should watch their ass? I think Notre Dame should watch their ass versus Clemson. Even though it's in Clemson. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I yeah, agree with that. I think Clemson's going to win. Boy, isn't the, the fall from grace for Clemson this year is stunning, isn't it? Yeah, 4-4. Four four. Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame's... Notre Dame at 12. Like, they've not... Ohio State at 3. Is it just me... Whereas Ohio State every week play the most boring game you've ever yes. watched. Yes. It, yep. Them and Penn State was awful. Mm-hmm. Who did they play last? Indiana. Wisconsin. Wisconsin last. Change my mind. Watch your ass. No, Rutgers is going to beat Ohio State. Okay. That. We haven't done it in two weeks. Let's get a big one. Rutgers over Ohio State to end this. At least Ohio State used to be fun to watch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, I mean, they're the Ohio State from 20 years ago. Yeah. Where we're like, whoa, this is Big Ten football at its finest. 20 to 10 finals. It's not no, good. Thank you. Not good. Not very good. Uh, Alabama, LSU, you got Alabama going to sneak into a playoff spot here? No, I don't think so. I, I just, yeah, I don't. Yeah, Georgia, Missouri, that should be a bloodbath. I really hope LSU beats Alabama this week just to end it all. Yeah. You got Ole Miss at Georgia next week, so, you know, Georgia's got, got something on their schedule besides the usual garbage, so. 
Um, let's see if Missouri. Hopefully, something picks up here because you know how, how high can, can Air Force get to ten? Ooh, wouldn't that be something? They're at seventeen. How high can Air Force get? Did you see that uh, the Colorado State uh, got penalized fifteen yards because fans yeah. were throwing snowballs? Yes, it's fantastic. Terrible. Fantastic. Stupid. I mean, yeah, it's it's a stupid rule, but I mean, don't th- don't maybe don't throw snowballs. Kind of like uh, SD like SDSU students throwing beer bottles at the at the pride at the at the band. Don't do that. That's dumb. That's that's ridiculous. That's your own band. Come on now. Gotta make money off those alcohol sales. So oh yeah. Keep, keep giving them booze. Yep. Uh, let's. Okay, I'm, I'm just interested to see what what attendance is going to be after next week. Yeah. Will they get ten thousand for a playoff game? I oh, I think they will, based off of last year. But but we'll see. We'll see it. I mean, weather's certainly a factor, but um, only time will tell. Let's go to the World Series here. Entertaining sure. World Series uh, game one was anyway one of the best, uh, one of the better games ever. But it's the World Series that Major League Baseball deserves. You get a six seed Diamondbacks. You get the what five seed Texas Rangers. In there, uh, I really hope Arizona wins this. Uh, I, I like what they have in there. You know, Corbin Carroll playing great. You got Zach Gallen, uh, Mike Kelly. I mean, this is a very they have a, such a good nucleus and core. But given again, I'll give it one more year. But given the playoff format, I'm very glad that Philadelphia didn't get in there. F you Philly. Um, there's a video of. Philadelphia fans talking to some guy just right mm-hmm. after they lose Game Seven to Arizona, and they just like we can't have nice. They were just all over the place. They were so bad, like fuck you, Philly, and Philly suck and trade everyone, seven hundred million, blah blah blah. I mean, to lose four or five in that series, just incredible. Uh, but I'll let you have the floor here. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, on everything that's gone on so far. You just wanted to make it easier for the top seeds to get to the World Series. Is that a question? You just want it easier for the top seeds to get to the World Series. I think it needs to be fair for the top seed. Again, it's the momentum thing. I think you've got to strike a better balance. But I'll give it one more year. But this uh, this is just this World Series matchup. It is because the two teams playing the best. The the championship series were outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because both won seven Dodgers games. and whoever else could not have played better, better baseball, more entertaining, more drama filled. Road team winning every game. Yep. And the American League, Adolis Garcia playing out of his mind. Yep. <sighs> Game one was good. Game two got out of hand. I mean, can can the Rangers win some home games here? They won game one. Well, they they're they going on hand. they're going on the road. They've won nine straight games to begin the postseason. That's a record. Arizona should probably be up here two nothing. They should absolutely. Can anybody win here at home? I don't like Max Scherzer in these playoffs. He pitched game seven. They uh, what do you got four nothing lead in that first inning. Mm-hmm. That was that was good enough, and uh, it ended up being a blowout game set in Houston. Mm-hmm. Like the Rangers, they were leading the division Sunday afternoon, last game of the year. Yep. So they easily could they easily could have gotten that by. 
and the, and the, and the, and the Rangers had a long layoff between playoff rounds, and that didn't affect them. So the Braves and Dodgers just need to get better in the playoffs. It's nice to win 105 games. They need to get better in the playoffs. That's all there is to it. So, been a good World Series so far. Hopefully, he goes seven. We've got Brandon Fats, uh, rookie pitcher, pitched well. No matter how well he pitches, he probably won't go past five because they haven't allowed him to go past five, even if he's been good. So, yeah, a, a great. Yeah, a two-run home run in the ninth to tie it at home. That's off of the off of Seawald, who had been pitching great out of the bullpen for the Diamondbacks. Like this is what, uh, like everyone was talking about going into the series is how good the Diamonds bull the Diamondbacks bullpen has been, and they were far from it in Game One. It cost them, and hopefully it doesn't cost them the series because you're right; they should be up two nothing right now. Um, and you go back to 2001 and the. Home runs the Yankees hit at home versus the Diamondbacks. And it's been four out of five World Series road games in which I think the Diamondbacks have led in the ninth inning or been tied in the ninth inning in all of them. This goes back to, to the first time they were in it in 2001. And, and for Arizona to come back and win game six and seven in Philadelphia. Incredible. Nobody, no, nobody thought they maybe they could win a game six. Not after losing ten nothing in game two. No, no chance. Oh, this, this thing's going to end in five. Yes. Well, then it's three to two. Well, it's going to end in six. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way they're going to win a game. Well, but they do, and they keep winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to fault the Diamond. The Diamondbacks. They got off to a really good start. They led the division for the first couple months. Then there was that bad stretch. They went uh, I think seven and twenty, seven and twenty-eight. Yeah, it was bad. Seven and twenty-two minimum. Mm-hmm. It was bad. There was a bad month, six-week stretch there. But then after that, they picked right back up. So if you take rid of that bad month they had, like they're a ninety-seven-win team. So it's kind of they're kind of disguised as this eighty-four-win team that's probably better, just because. They played so much better than an 84-win team. Mm-hmm. And you look at what Texas did, and they got off to a very hot start. And they, similar to, to Arizona, they, they struggled in the middle portion of the season. Mm-hmm. And then they turned it out. So these two teams were very hot and cold. And at their hottest and best, they were among the best teams in baseball. So maybe that's why we've seen these two wildcard teams upset the teams that they have. And these teams are probably a little bit better than their records would say. You go to you go to Baseball re- Reference and you see the, the Pythagoras theorem there, what the hell they call it. What what your expected record should be mm-hmm. based on you know your your uh, your when your your runs given up, runs scored. Like Texas, theirs is ninety six and sixty six. They finished ninety and seventy two. So they actually underachieved. They given their the how many runs they scored, how many runs they've given up, Texas was more like a ninety six win team. So okay. that's probably why these teams have upset teams because they're probably better than the record would say. Uh is it Kettle Barte? K 
Kital. Uh, postseason record or MLB record, 18 straight games with a postseason hit. It's incredible what he's doing. Got a hit in the what the top of the ninth in game two to preserve it. Uh, well, I'm glad he did. It's incredible what this young man is doing. And even, I mean, the Diamondbacks have a lot of good players that mm-hmm. nobody knows about. But he's an all-star. Corbin Carroll, I think, is going to be an MVP at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like Zach Gallen's a top-five pitcher, at least in the National League. Corbin Carroll's maybe a top-five player, even though he's a rookie. <laughs> so, like, they've got guys. Both of these teams have got guys, and they both lost other games two years ago. And... Texas with their hitters, they're just incredible. Well, Texas and Texas went out and got a lot of like big player money. Yeah, yeah. they got Degrom, they got Seager. Like they spent a lot of money. Arizona didn't necessarily do that. They they've done it from within, which is nice to see. And we've seen, you know, the Mets spend a lot of money, and it hasn't mattered. We've seen the Yankees spend a lot of money, and it hasn't mattered. Mm-hmm. Seen the Rangers, they spent a lot of money on Degrom, and he. Started five, six games this year. He's been a non-factor. They won without him. They won without Max Scherzer. So they are winning with with guys that they haven't. Uh, some of the guys, a couple of the guys, they, they've given a big bump. What's the cost of these tickets for the World Series at Arizona? Because I saw that. I mean, it was very cheap to get into uh, the games for the NLCS. I mean, the the. The market it was like seven dollars, seventeen dollars, very, very cheap. Is the World Series a little more expensive here, at least for them? Check it out. I would imagine so. Tonight's game tickets are sold out. Why are we on the secondary market too? Game one was the lowest rated or lowest watched, I guess, ever. Just under ten million. And it ended up being one of the I best. Oh, it was a Friday night, but we'll see what Saturday has against. I do like that they are going opposite of football, though, against the NFL. I think that's a smart decision. Because if you've got Chargers, Bears, and Game Two of the Game Three of the World Series, I mean, yeah. well, they, that that one should that would probably be the one time where it's like, yeah, maybe we should have gone against the NFL. Cheapest ticket I can find is three hundred dollars. Oh, all right. Better than I thought. Not, not not a great. I'm just glad Philly's not in it. I hate those fans. I hate Philly. Yep. Just glad that they're not in it. Glad that they're not in it. The NBA season is upon. So uh, I guess uh, official World Series prediction. Are you predicting the Diamondbacks or the Rangers? When we talk next week, who's the winner? Rangers because Arizona has home. Okay. I like it. I hope the Diamondbacks win, but I too will go with the Rangers. Uh, NBA season tipped off last week. Um, who, uh, any, what, what's intri- what intrigues you most about this season, and do you have any uh, championship pick or playoff picks at all? Uh, sorry too long, Zach, they've been playing for fucking five minutes. Well, it, it, Joel Embiid had to take game three off, and uh, uh, Jimmy Butler has to as well. Load management already. Yeah. Rest. Um, uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal didn't play like in game two. Yeah. Like that just doesn't make you want to care. Like if they don't care, I don't care. Yep. Like all right, load management, sure. Um, Damian Lillard had a good game one, had a terrible game two. Mm-hmm. 
LeBron yeah, James, so fantastic. Really the same old crap. Lakers are bad. I think uh, I hope the Suns win. I'll pick. I go Boston, Phoenix. Okay, I'm going Denver, Milwaukee. All right. Oh, I'm gonna go, we'll go with Phoenix to win here. I like uh, I like the other guys on their team besides their stars. Did you? Yeah, but built the team mm-hmm. with with these other guys. Who's like Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen. They've got some guys there that can. Did you hear Kevin Durant say that the Warriors should retire his jersey? Did we talk about this? Was there for three years? Yeah. Yeah, he probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't retire it. No. I don't think they should retire. He doesn't deserve to get his jersey retired. They won a championship without him there. Hell no. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't expect that to happen. You know what? Uh, you you chased the ring. If you couldn't beat him, you joined him. Like Kevin yeah. Durant is such a soft-skinned individual. Great talent, but what a what an annoying human being. Like I don't. It no, just makes Noah me... as well seems to hate that. He says, "God, he hates Kevin Durant." Who? Noah. Oh yeah. Yes. Somebody in the background gave a gave a, hey. This guy sucks. Might might have been Jason. Might have been Jason. But some uh, some guy. I'm looking at CBS's Western Conference prediction. Mm-hmm. Somebody named Sam Quinn picked Minnesota second. Ugh. Nobody else picked him better than sixth. He may be regretting that after that opening night loss to Toronto. Like in what world are the Timberwolves any higher than like the Heat? It's a very good question. It's a good question. Um, next week, Grin's very excited here. College basketball begins next week. So we will, we will, we will uh, Monday night, I think, is the, the November 6th is the opening night or whatever. Uh, the Champions Classic or whatever really gets going um, the following week. But uh, we'll have to have our final four picks next week. I am so excited for college basketball. I feel like this is the last year with all the... Oh, did you... Okay, uh, speaking of college basketball here, did you see that they're, they're making changes to the NIT? Yes, we're... The bigger conferences get automatic, more automatic. This has uh, been met with wide-scale criticism and condemnation. So uh, leave it to the NCAA to uh, do something that makes people angry. They're really stupid. They are. They're just. They're a terrible organization. TNT has a game on Monday night. A college basketball game? Yes. Really? What they what, they got in the mix now? Well, I, I know they do it. For are they going to show games on a regular basis here? I don't know. That would be news. Who is it? USC and Kansas State from Vegas. Hmm. Nine o'clock on a Monday night. Hmm. What? Because that's that's about the only thing else going on here on Monday nights. Oh, oh, the opposite of Chargers Jets. There's yeah. There's not a whole lot. Like in this first week, there's not a whole lot. We got Auburn Baylor. That'll be at the Pentagon Sioux Falls. That'll be on ESPN. Florida Atlantic's tenth. Yeah. Well, they return pretty much everyone, so... Brayton is eight. 
Carolina's ranked. I don't. I don't. I'm, oh, just because they're North Carolina, but I'm like, thinking I'm taking them. I think I'm. I think I'm going to pick them. To do what? Go to the Final Four. North Carolina, as shitty as they were last. Yep. My God. We're trying it. We're going to try it. Duke's going. I know that. Uh, what do I have? I I had my Final Four picks earlier. I'll I'll think of it. We'll we'll figure Our it out. Next week. game of the year is Friday night, Arizona. That'll be a good game. Have the college basketball season be better than fucking college football. It's been brutal. Well, we can only hope. We can yeah. only hope. Um, you have a couple of uh, one football game, one volleyball game left. Is that correct? Volleyball Thursday, football Friday, then we're done. No, no trips to the dome for you, huh? I would hope not. Right. There'll be a couple teams there, but I won't have to. All right. Very good. Anything else before we say so long? Uh, Netflix had this Johnny Manziel documentary on. How did you like that? It was good. It was over, a little over an hour. He was really an idiot who never really tried. Never looked at his playbook. Never looked at film. But did as good as he did without that. Didn't he have the friend pretend he was an uncle or something to get him out of like a drug test or something like that? He had some friend of his was like his manager throughout college, and they made a bunch a bunch of money after his freshman year selling autographs, like, like hundred thousand dollars maybe. Mm-hmm. And they remember they suspended him for the first half of the first game versus Bryce, and you know they made up all these excuses and they got 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 away with it. And then once that investigation was done, they just kept doing it again. Was it? So. Did you watch the Florida documentary? Because I heard that was awful. No, I didn't. Don't. I wouldn't recommend it. It was at the thirty-one and a half minute mark. They're showing Mark Emmerich. Oh, wow! It looks like it, it, uh, he's at the School of Journalism. I think it looks like it's at Indiana. Okay. And guess who they show in the crowd? So this would have been what ten years ago. Yeah. Twelve years ago. I was going to say Bob Knight, but uh, that probably... Who's in the crowd? And some some guy's asking Mark Emmerich about it. So are the players ever going to get paid? And he's like, no, not as long, as long as I'm in charge. They're never going to get paid. <laughs> Who do they show? They don't. They didn't need to show this person. He wasn't asking the question. Yeah. Who do they show sitting in the crowd at this, whatever the hell this... Dabo Sweeney. Ari, what? Yes. What? Oh my goodness! You you have Netflix now. I do. Yep. So go to this Johnny Manziel thing. Okay. Thirty-one minutes in. Yeah. And you'll see Mark Emmerich. He's up there talking, and they have a shot of Ari. He's not asking a question. Wow. There's no reason for him to be on camera. Wow. Oh, like, that's interesting. I don't know why he was there, assuming this was Indiana. Some conference, perhaps. I have no idea. What a blast from the past. Crazy. So I saw that, but that's unexpected. Yeah, no kidding. Of all so, people. Oh, my. Oh my. Who knew? Uh, maybe he doesn't even know. Does he know? Maybe he doesn't even know he's in it. I think... I, you know what, now that you say it, I feel like I have seen on Facebook that he mentioned something on it. Maybe. Today I'm in this Johnny Manziel thing. 
Unreal. Oh, no. Unreal. Anything else that we need to get to? Could be about it. A lot of stuff. Yep. A lot of stuff indeed. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Uh, stay warm. It's a cold night and stuff. Uh, good luck with your last games. They are this week, right? That your, your last volleyball and football calls of the year? Yes, Thursday, Friday. Thursday, yeah. Friday. All right. So hopefully Thursday, Friday goes well, and you can relax before basketball begins. Enjoy the week of football. Enjoy the rest of the World Series. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. See you later. Travis Crins joining me here. Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. A lot of stuff that we covered there. We very much, uh, apparently, you know, we very much differ on what the Vikings should do and Kirk Cousins. I get yeah, If Kirk Cousins doesn't get injured, this Vikings team is going to go on a roll. Don't know what they're going to do now. Uh, and it sucks. It really sucks. And you just don't know what... The future's going to hold. We'll, we'll see what they do. Um, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, NBA talk a little bit. Certainly the World Series. College football. We're going to talk more college football, though, because it's been a few weeks. So we're going to bring Charlie Hildebrand in here next. And we're going to talk about Michigan. We're going to talk about what's happened. And the first edition of Bull Bound or Not is this week. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, that's coming up here next on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and or archive.org. Follow, uh, also available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. College football talk next. What does Charlie think of the Michigan situation? What does he think of, uh, uh, you know, just Oregon pummeling Utah, USC's demise? Clemson's demise, and bullbound or not, all to come here next on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, been a couple weeks since we spoke with our next guest, our resident college football expert, and there's plenty to get to, none other than Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review. Charlie, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm finally warmed back up after covering uh, state cross country weekend where it was about 30 to 35 degrees and uh yeah snow i started i think i don't remember if i told you this or not started drinking coffee a few months ago this is the first time that i ever drank coffee not because i wanted caffeine but so i could warm up because it was cold out there you go are you a hot chocolate fan too by chance i like hot chocolate but now that i'm like hey it's time to get back in shape and blah 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 stuff that there's hot chocolate is less Less or at least I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's less healthy. I haven't looked at the nutritional value, but I know if you get coffee with just skim milk in it, there's like barely any calories then. Sure. Uh, you, me, Charlie, or no, you are Charlie. You, me, Travis, and Marcus, and a whole host of other people, Blake Day, uh, Ari Boynton, uh, everyone. We're, we're very happy this week, uh, this, this week. This Monday, Tuesday, whenever, you know, leading up into the Dakota Marker game because SDSU just kicked the shit out of USD on Saturday, 37-3. to uh, I have to think it was a little personal given the Hail Mary uh, ending a couple years ago. And maybe, the, maybe USD wasn't the fourth best team at FCS, just maybe? Or is, S- is SDSU really just that good? 
SDSU might be that good. That might be part of it. The, the other weird thing about this, and like I said, I mean, I, there was a lot of Saturday that I mean, I'm aware of now. It's live because I was covering state cross country. Mm-hmm. That one I did not know until I think I got back to my parents' house. It was like a half an hour shorter to drive to my parents' house than back to Shelby. Sure. So I did that so I could watch more football. And at some point, it was just like, and, you know, listen to the Nebraska game all the way back as a Nebraska fan. It was just like, oh, I, what about SDSU? I should check that. And as I'm not telling you anything you don't know, whenever they go down to Vermilion in any men's sport, regardless of how good SDSU is and whether USD is good or bad, mm-hmm. is South Dakota State almost always struggles in Vermilion. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed that this would be a four-quarter, 60-minute game that came down to the end. And I pulled it up, I think, on ESPN, and I had to double-take and refresh the page, where I was like, they won by five touchdowns per million? Yeah. And they gave, they spotted USD the first three points. Uh, Mark Gronowski threw an interception. I think it was at either late in the first quarter or early second quarter. And then they just started to pile it on. And they never let up. Under 200 yards of offense for USD, I mean, beat the Bison, please, this week. Don't give them any, like, additional life. I don't see how they can, though. I think this SDSU team is just so much better. Montana State lost to Idaho this last weekend. So, like, I think Montana State's still really good, and Idaho seems to be a pretty good team. But it it really seems like it's a separation between SDSU and the rest, between one and the rest of the country. Up to now, I would agree with that. Um, I don't. Do they North Dakota State is that in Fargo or in Brookings? It's in Brookings. That does help. I think we've talked about this before. Maybe not with you know these teams, but just in general, is that SDSU played incredibly well against Wesley, and it's just rare that you play like a high A to A plus game two weeks in a row. Now, I think South Dakota State's good enough that. They could play North Dakota State in Brookings and, you know, play a low A game, maybe even a B-plus game. Mm-hmm. And as long as North Dakota State doesn't play lights out, might still be able to win. But it's just tough to do. I mean, if, if you think, I mean, you know, I know we don't share all of the same interests, but I'm assuming you've played video games in your life. Oh, yeah. You're talking about, you know, consoles or on your cell phone or in an arcade or the mm-hmm. computer ones, any of those. Yep. But if you think about games where you try to get a high score, unless it's like your first four or five times playing it, it's very rare that you're like, hey, I broke my high score, and then you re-break it again the very next time. Right. Is that it's just it's just difficult to do that two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're playing highly ranked teams. Sometimes. I mean, I, I still think South Dakota State's going to win. I think they've got enough stuff going right for them. I do not think in any way, shape, or form it's going to go as easy as it did on Saturday, though. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that two weeks sure. in a row against highly ranked foes. And if they do, then they truly deserve every single accolade coming to them. Not oh. that they don't anyways, but that would be just an all-time impressive thing of winning back-to-back rivalry games against ranked teams by just slaughterhouse style. It is worth noting that currently at the FCS coaches poll, Furman is the sec is ranked the second best team in the country. Montana is third. Montana State is eighth. 
Uh, you have to go down now. USD is 12th. North Dakota State is 10. They but they got back into the top 10. Um, I, I don't know. That's that's it's going to be very interesting to see. And you mentioned things are going well for South Dakota State right now, and we are recording this on a Monday. So uh, the first CFP rankings will be unveiled on Tuesday. What on Halloween? So it could be a scary time for certain teams. Who do you think those four teams will be? This is tough because we have to remember if we're going to, you know, each year the committee with different members is going to look at things differently. Mm-hmm. And you never truly know, blah, 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 blah. So with that aside, even though it's not always pretty, I feel like Ohio State should be one based off, I think, their three best wins beating up. Uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Wisconsin. I don't think anyone has three wins as good as those. I mean, I think there seems one win that might be better. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be Georgia after that. Then three weeks ago or four weeks ago, I wouldn't have thought this, but Georgia's smacked enough teams around in the meantime. I'm going to say Georgia too. Um, I think Washington definitely would be ranked higher if it was right after they beat Oregon, but since they have not played as well the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm running through my head, making sure I'm not forgetting anyone. I, th- I think Michigan will be third. and I, I, or No, I actually take it back. I think Florida State will be third, Michigan fourth. I think that Michigan, even though they've murdered everyone they've played, I mean, is, is Rutgers still the best team they've played to this point? And to be fair, Rutgers is better. Mm-hmm. I think Rutgers is like 5-3 and three or 6-2. and two, So, I mean, they're actually decent. Yeah, but, they But are... Michigan hasn't played anyone that we would say is like one of the 30 best teams in the country. Well, Bullbound or not is making its de- season debut here this week. And Rut- we don't even have to talk about Rutgers because Rutgers is already bowl eligible. They are 6-2. and two. Which is just crazy to think. Yeah. But, yeah. And so, right, so, but I think I would go, even though Florida State's had some weird stuff, Florida State does have some good wins. So I, I would say one to four, I think it will be Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, and then Washington five, fair or not fair, only because Washington has looked incredibly mortal the last two weeks after beating up loaded Oregon team. Yeah, I think it's, it's weird that and we, I think we talked some about, I mean, obviously we talked about Oregon and Washington, mm-hmm. that after that game, it was like, oh, well, you know, Oregon can still do stuff, but wow, what a win by Washington. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's like, wow, Oregon looks great since losing, and Washington's like, oh, no, what's going on with Washington right now? It, yes, yes. I mean, Oregon goes to Utah and just devours the Utes. I, they have... <clears throat> I don't know. Do you rank a one-loss Oregon team above an undefeated Washington team? I don't think you can right now. I don't now. think you can. So, well, I mean, even though it was in Washington, I don't think you can do that. Right. I don't think you can right now. So I, my top four is going to be the same as yours, just kind of moved around a little bit. I'm going to put Georgia one. I'm going to put Michigan two, Ohio State three, just because, yes, they have great wins, but they haven't looked impressive. And I think... There's going to be something. That's about, true. I would. I, I, you're right about that. I, I won't argue that point at all. I'll put. I'll put Ohio State three and Florida State four with Washington five, Oregon six, and that can be changed here at any point. And really, I would agree also with Washington five, Oregon six, and then I suppose either 
Texas and Oklahoma at seven and eight in some order. And honestly, I think if if Washington takes care of business against Arizona State and Stanford, and, and yes, they won, but they, they should have won by more. I mean, there's no reason why a pick six a couple weeks ago should have been the deciding uh, factor in that game against Arizona State. If they win both of those games convincingly, I would make an argument that Washington should be above Florida State. But as it stands, those are going to be my top four teams. Um, But Michigan, Michigan's in a very odd spot right now, in part because they haven't really played anyone and they're just annihilating every team they face, but because of the sign-stealing scandal that just keeps... Like there's new information that just keeps coming out about this new reports. Uh, this Colin Stallion, uh, Stallions guy is that what is it? Connor is it Connor Stallion? I, I don't remember his exact name, but yeah, a guy who has some sort of like I don't remember if it was like Navy SEAL or uh, some kind of military training, and then got into football and yeah, apparently just paid to go to games and then just like zoomed in with technology to see the signals on the sidelines well aren't aren't they like if you're in the armed forces shouldn't you know stealth because this guy clearly is not very stealthy if he uh i mean you're to a degree you're right but also they got away with it for this long i mean who thinks about somebody just sitting in the stand stealing signals i think it was one of those uh you know, hiding in plain sight, that, that clearly yes. works for a while. I mean, obviously not more, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so but you're right, it's an incredibly weird situation. So I'm going to... Let me get this guy pulled up here, because it's going to bug me here if I don't... Also, apparently I saw somewhere he has, like, a super long uh, manifesto of, like, this is what I would do as a football coach. This would be my program. So yes. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. And it just seems very fitting that someone involved with the University of Michigan. You know, a, a public school, but a high academic public school would be, yes, yes, I have my 37-page document on what I would do on this, and that just seems very unbranded for Michigan. Yes, Connor Stallions is the name. Uh, so, want to make sure we get that right. But and sign-stealing is his game. Well, and so, sign-stealing, it, it's all about, like, the sportsmanship, because... Teams steal signs all the time, but it's a manner in which you're doing it. And videotaping this, like that, it just crosses a line. It appears, and um, like for for this guy, again, former armed forces, and he is you know going to games and like paying Division three uh, Division three coach to go. Uh, film games and whatnot, and it just everything about this doesn't just it smells disaster. It kind of I think for Michigan football here because and I mentioned this with Travis earlier in the podcast, and I said there's going to be a cloud hanging over Michigan this whole year. Unless the NCAA can do something fast, but we know that the NCAA doesn't. They're not going to do anything. But but don't you think 
that if do I think there's going to be a cloud? Like, sure, of course there is, but there are with teams all the time, no, I, and they say, "Yeah, we're winning. We don't care." But if there's, if like, they, I, I'm also coming from this from the angle of a Miami Dolphins fan who screamed into the void till I was blue in the face about the Spygate stuff with the New England Patriots, who hated New England as much as I hated North Dakota State five mm-hmm. years ago. And was routinely at while I was in college at South Dakota State met with, yeah, I don't care. And I think the exact same thing's going to happen again now. And I'm not saying it's not an advantage. Of course it is. They wouldn't do it if it wasn't for you know either New England or Michigan. But at the end of the day, I just feel like we've seen this before, and people are going to make memes and snarky comments about it, which is fine and funny. And I think they should, and I think Michigan shouldn't do it, and I don't think anything's going to come up at all. So you don't People are think- just going to say, I mean, Harbaugh might get some public rebuke. I mean, it's possible the university will say, like, oh, no, we don't condone this. I don't think they're going to lose any scholarships or suspend anyone, at least you- not if you want to know. Really? I mean, they'll probably okay. fire the Stallions guy, you know, in a classic, we're going to get rid of this guy to save everyone else. And then I think Harbaugh's going to leave and go to the NFL, which I think even if none of this would have ever come out, he's probably going to do after this year anyways, because this is going to be the most loaded team he'll probably ever have in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be, you know, I think that basically I think with the, I think the Michigan Wolverines this year are like the 98 last day at Chicago Bulls in a lot of ways, and that this is just going to be the last run. And stuff like this just makes it even more likely it's going to be the last one. I'm going to be like, all right, enjoy it while it's here, and it's going to be done after this, and we're going to have to try to win a national title because if we don't this year, we're going to have some new stuff, and we'll probably still be good, but it's tough to win national titles. And I'm sure Ohio State and Ben State will have something to say after this year, too. That's my my big hot take about the entire thing. Okay, and that's – you know what – that's one I have not really heard, and honestly, I wasn't really expecting that because I think this is going to really impact Michigan at some point. You know, because remember, you know, in the and I, it's an apples to oranges comparison. I grant you that, but Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern, you know, and the, all that hazing was going on, and he said, "I didn't know about it yet." It was he is responsible for every part of the football program. It's the same thing now with Jim Harbaugh. He says, oh, I didn't know. There's one thing. It's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. That's why I said it's... Nothing Michigan did is against the law. It's against, like, NCAA rules, but it's not illegal. No, but that's why... all these other things are, like, high big time, especially in the Big Ten. Like, all sorts of felonious, like, awful, repugnant stuff. And and that's the other reason I don't care that much. I mean, again, I'm saying it's not right. And they shouldn't do it, and I think it's ethically wrong. But when we've got all this other terrible stuff going on, I just can't find myself caring about somebody stealing signals. You know, when Michigan State's coach is, you know, jerking off while talking to a lady on the phone, which he's like, I don't want you to do this. And he's like, I don't care. I'm doing it anyways. But but that that just stuff seems so much worse to me. I, I agree, and that's why I said it's an apples to oranges comparison. Because... Jim Harbaugh then coming out and saying, oh yeah, I'm not responsible for this. We didn't say anything. Jim Harbaugh is responsible for the entire football operation. So this does fall on him. And just with all of the tentacles 
that keep growing from this. Like now, like Michigan was apparently going to offer him a mega extension and now they've rescinded it and Harbaugh has denied it and all this stuff. Like this is all just setting the, the, the scene, I think, for Harbaugh to eventually get fired from Michigan or you know, like be forced I think to resign. Zero chance Michigan fires him. Now if now if you I'll give you this. I can meet you halfway. If you want to say, I mean again, we're talking more illegality stuff. If you want to say it's like Urban Meyer at Ohio State, they're like, well, the noise is getting too high. We're going to say we privately are maybe not super stoked that you come back. And if you want to leave, we encourage you to leave for a different job. And he'll say, I'm going to leave for a different job, you know, for the NFL. Like, I, I, I can buy that. I think that could happen. I think but I think there's virtually zero chance they're going to be like, hey, this is the best coach we've had in 25 years. We're just going to straight up fire. Up. But that's why I think this needs to get done here soon because you're going to have a lot of people now. Just with how much is keeps coming out about this whole scandal. I mean, we, we keep getting new stories like every day or two. I think I mean, it, we do, but it took the NCAA six years to do anything with Kansas basketball. That's like that, Jim Harbaugh is not going to be here five years from now. That's even ex- if he doesn't leave now. That's exactly my point, though. Is that it, it would be nice, and I don't think that this is going to happen. But the NCAA, if you're looking into this, given how good Michigan appears to be, and that they will be in the college football, you know. The, in the, the college football playoff or, so, I mean, obviously, certainly in the discussion, you know, we'll see if they lose a game here somewhere down the road, but can you have this cloud hanging over this program if they make it to the college football playoff, and will it seem as though they are a legitimate champion? I don't think you can. Like, I, I want the NCAA to come down, or to, to make I mean, their decision. maybe, but let's remember that this is the sport that until 1997 routinely had split national champions in football. And even after they started the BCS, still had split national champions. So, like, the, you know, is this valid? It's like, well, for the most of the sport, there was all sorts of, you know, claims of whether things were credible or not. I just think they need to, they should. I'm not saying they will, but I think they need to figure what they're going to do with Michigan here sooner rather than later because you're going to have by that. By they, you mean the NCAA? By, yes, by them, the NCAA. But I don't think that Harbaugh is going to go unscathed by this. I don't think Michigan's going to go unscathed by this. And the Big Ten just continues to flounder and look like a just a shitty conference with all of their oh look at our academics and we're we're we hold everyone to like a higher standard like look at our institution and you mentioned michigan state and you would go back to penn state with joe paterno and jerry sandusky and we've seen you know, urban meyer at ohio state in the northwestern hazing we've seen incidents uh at minnesota uh before jerry kill or was it while Jerry Kill was there, anyway, like around that time, Iowa's had some issues in the past. Like this appears to be a conference where morals does not appear to be very high, and uh, of up. Sure, yeah, I mean it's the same as the rest of them. I mean they're right that they do have higher academic standards than most of them, but than most or at least FBS conferences. But they can but, they continually but, but, but in terms about of it. like we're better like morally now, they're not any different than the rest of them. 
in an ideal world, I hope the hammer drops on Michigan, even though it's not that big of a deal. And I wish that, you know, a program like Penn State would have gotten the death penalty for what they did for, you know, for covering up the whole Jerry Sandusky thing. And, you know, hopefully Northwestern will get a severe penalty given the hazing situation there. I'm not saying that that has to happen at Michigan, but something I think should happen. And I would, my wish would be that the NCAA would do something about it before the college football playoff selection happens in December, after, you know, before the, um, you know, after conference championship Saturday. But I, that's highly unlikely to happen at this point. I just think something is going to happen. And Harbaugh appear, appears to be a little bit of a pariah within NFL circles now. I don't think anything's going to happen. And here's the other reason I don't think anything will happen. I bet somebody does something worse that's more illegal between now and the playoff anyways that we find out to some degree. Well, and then, I mean, I don't like or care about politics, but much like politics, we will just follow the new shiny, flashy thing and we'll forget about what's going on with Michigan and sign-stealing. Well, Michigan- because someone will do something really stupid that we're like, oh, that's like absolutely bad stuff. Well, in Michigan already, like the FBI's, uh, you know, visiting the University of Michigan because of what a former assistant head coach did, uh, you know, like on a computer or something like that. I can't remember. Is that tied to football? No, or that I don't know. I have not heard about that. So they, they're already... Wait, in, is this related to that or is this something different? This is something different, but okay. there's a okay. there's a pattern. There's a pattern here where if I'm, I just think something's got to happen. And hopefully it does. And I think you're you're really turning Michigan into a villain, which maybe they want to be, but uh, and almost making Ohio State sympathetic. I mean, they've been a villain for uh, forever. I mean, almost everyone. I mean, it's not to the degree of Duke basketball, but for the most part, there's no one who's like I kind of like Michigan. I mean, they might like a player from Michigan, you know, like Denard Robinson or but Charles like, Woodson. Like universal hate. No one's ever like, oh, I mean, I, I suppose I kind of like Michigan. They're either you love them or you hate them. I feel I don't feel like it's quite like to Miami Hurricane football or well, no, I mean they're not like the biggest of Gallagher. the biggest ones, yeah. but there's still one that's like, well, yeah, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, I sort of like it. I guess kind of. Yeah, right, right. This week, uh, the slate is fine. Uh, we have what four matchups of ranked versus ranked teams. Uh, Missouri will be at Georgia. Uh, we'll see. I mean. It appears that if you aren't very good, Georgia's just not going to care too much, and you know you might hang close with them. But if you're ranked, if you're a good team, then you have Georgia's attention. So Missouri will likely have Georgia's attention all week here. Uh, so I would imagine Georgia's going to win fairly convincingly. You have the big matchup between LSU and Alabama. A win by LSU eliminates Alabama from the college football playoff discussion. Uh, we have what else here? Um, Kansas State Kansas, and Texas. Yes, I mean that's a potential big one too. I, I mean Texas and Oklahoma, and you got the battle. Can, te- historically, too, Texas frequently has struggled with Kansas State, regardless of who the head coach is, whether it's Bill Snyder or Ron Prince or whoever. Yep, and we have the Battle of Bedlam too with uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, the last ever. Uh, meeting between these two teams, or at least uh, scheduled here right now, with Oklahoma going to the SEC, a loss, you know, by Oklahoma 
means they're out of the college football playoff conversation too. So, also Oklahoma State's played well recently after having an awful start. Yes, yes. In some ways, kind of like Nebraska, where it's just like, oh my god, these teams—they're not any good three games in the season, and then all of a sudden, a month and a half later, you're like, well, I don't know if they're good, but they've at least sort of turned things around. Mm-hmm. And then we have Washington at USC. Which Washington, you can't you can't lose to USC. Like this is a, given what's gone on the last couple of weeks. I think there's a little more doubt that's kind of been heaped upon Washington. But Michael Penix Jr. should absolutely eat up the USC defense, and we'll see if Washington's defense can keep Caleb Williams in check. But that's a game that Washington must win. What what excites you most about the slate here this week? Uh, this one doesn't excite me the most, but uh, just one other one that's worth mentioning to some degree. Mm-hmm. And we would have assumed this would have been one of the two or three first ones we've mentioned going into the season. But uh, who would have thought Notre Dame at Clemson at this point in time would be like, a, eh, I don't know, I don't really care at all. Like ir- irrelevant, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a two-loss Notre Dame team. Two? Two-loss? Yeah, 72 yep. Notre Dame at four and four Clemson. What is going on with Clemson? The, the, the fall of of you know from grace for Clemson is just remarkable. It really is. I, I it's it's stunning, really. I mean we thought it was gonna fall fast and then earlier in the season we're like, okay, it's just falling faster than we thought. I didn't think it was gonna be, you know, Halloween and we're like, yeah, Clemson is in a lot of trouble. Thought maybe it would be another year or two. But no, it appears that uh Dabble Sweeney's kinda lost control of the program. I have not checked this to verify that this is correct. I heard some Nebraska person say this after Nebraska beat Purdue on Saturday. But that, like, Nebraska has a better record over, like, the last 11 or 12 games, something dating, and some number dating back to last season that I would assume would just be the last game of the regular season because mm-hmm. that's when Nebraska beat Iowa. But that Nebraska's won more games since then than Clemson, which is just bonkers to hear thinking about. Because right. it's not like Nebraska's been great recently. Yeah, that that is a astounding statistic. Um, yeah, because we don't, you know, we wouldn't put Nebraska and Clemson in that same grouping, that same class. But yeah, certainly could be. So, um, but to answer your question earlier. Of which one? Mm-hmm. I don't think this is actually necessarily going to end up being a great game. Although it was a great game last year, and maybe this is just—it's been important so many times for the last twenty years. I do feel like LSU at Alabama is still worth watching, even if it's not—you know—both teams as MLB pitchers throwing a hundred three. You know, they maybe are only throwing ninety-five this. I want to see if LSU, if if Alabama's defense can stop or at least slow down LSU's offense to a degree. I don't know if they can. Yeah. I think this game. I mean, we'll will, see. This game. Will, the other thing that's weird is you know Alabama didn't look great early, and then they had some games they won where they didn't look great. Mm-hmm. And it basically seems like Alabama goes out is just mediocre in like the first quarter, mm-hmm. sometimes the first half. And then apparently just makes changes at halftime, and it goes from like, oh my god, they're just not very good. Well, look, and then at yeah. the end, you're like, I don't know what happened. They looked really good in the fourth quarter, though, and kind of controlled the game the rest well, of the way. Well, look at what happened a couple weeks ago against Tennessee. Tennessee was up, and you're like, oh yeah, boy. Yeah, perfect example. Yep, and then Alabama takes control in the second half. 
and cruises to victory. I think this game, I mean, this game holds a lot of significance in the fact that LSU can eliminate Alabama from playoff conversation the first week in November. Like, that that doesn't happen. So Yeah. Also, I don't have the conference standings pulled up, but I think... I'm just going off memory. I think LSU has one conference loss, and Alabama doesn't have any. So if LSU beats Alabama, in, in addition to the playoff stuff, it also dramatically changes the SEC West race and who's going to play Georgia in the SEC title game, too. Correct. And yes, uh, Alabama and Ole Miss are both 7-1. and one. LSU is 6-2. and two. And Ole Miss, of course, beat LSU. Alabama doesn't have a conference loss, though. Their loss is to Texas. Correct. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm, I was looking at overall rankings. Yep, Alabama's five and zero. Ole Miss and LSU are both four and one. So yes, I mean this would muddy it in the waters up quite a bit. Uh, you going from that? Ole Miss beat LSU, right? Yes. Yep. That was that crazy like 55-49 game. LSU had a nine point lead and then and then blew it late. And then Alabama beat Ole Miss. So I suppose if yeah. LSU beats Alabama, then we could potentially have a. Uh, you know, 2008 Big 12 South with Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech thing. Yes. I guess it wouldn't be quite the same because uh, uh, LSU has a non-conference loss. But but then we can get into weird – I mean, and I don't know what the, all their tiebreaker scenarios are. But, but but the other thing, and I you know I think Georgia's good enough, it may not matter. But it is worth noting, since we're talking about college football playoff stuff earlier, mm-hmm. that Georgia's not going to have nearly as many quality wins as we thought they would right. going into the season. Yep. And actually, if they get, you know, I, I, I want to preface this by saying I don't think this is necessarily likely to happen. But if Al, you know, if they end up playing a nine and three LSU or Alabama team, mm-hmm. I mean, then and if they're un, if Georgia's undefeated, it's not going to matter. But if they've got one loss and it's just like, oh, you know, you struggled and you beat nine and three, now nine and four, Alabama, fourteen to ten. It's like, I don't know. Do we want? Do we really think that they're deserving right. of this? And it, 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 I would imagine they'll get the benefit of the doubt as the back-to-back defending national champs. But, mm-hmm. but, but the whole thing is just to say that we are in a scenario that we did not think we would be in, where we're like, oh. Oh, the best team in the SEC actually maybe doesn't have as good of a run space as we thought they would. That's weird. Well, that's why I, you know, I think that you know this win against Florida was actually fairly big for Georgia because it was without Brock Bowers. Florida was coming in with a lot of momentum. They were playing good football at five and two. Um, so for them to lose that game the way they did, or to, you know, for Georgia to dominate the way they did again without their best player. That's that. That was a statement to me uh, that they that they played that well. Um, but it is. Just, but to your to, to what you know to what you said. Yeah, they don't have as many games that are going to be um, like true resume builders as they as opposed to other yeah. years. So and even and actually, and I should say I, I forget. Well, I, uh, did Tennessee or Kentucky win? Uh, t- Tennessee won. Okay. Yep, Kentucky's falling so Tennessee, off a But even then, Tennessee still doesn't have, like, as good. I mean, not that they're bad by any means, but I guess they are 6-2. and two, But, I mean, there was a lot of, like, oh, Tennessee could be undefeated or maybe only have one loss by this point. And then now Georgia, or just that thing's not. Or, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yes, yep. 
So, shall we uh, play a game of Bullbound or not to begin the year? Our first edition? We should. Okay. Very good. We uh, should, and I know it's your show, and I hate to say this, but Nebraska is going to be bullbound next week because they're going to be Michigan State. Oh, I would hope so. If you lose to Sparty, I mean, all hey, I, Nebraska's in the weird spot where they're five and three. Their four remaining games are Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa, and they can win all four, or they can lose all four, or anywhere in the between. And I just don't know because I think they legitimately have a good defense. And they have an awful offense that's turnover happy, so you just never know. Well, for your sake, I hope they do win. Uh, hopefully, Minnesota beats Illinois. I know, you know, regarding the Cornhuskers, I know Lincoln and Nebraska, you know, big into bullbound or not, so he's all uh, hoping for a Cornhusker bowl uh, game this year. What, what do we have? I mean, we got so many guys. Uh, we have Jackson in Mississippi, uh, diehard bullbound or not fan says, I've been waiting all year for this game to come back. I'm glad it's here. Raleigh in North Carolina, same thing. Uh, those same sentiments. Uh, just appreciate everyone that keeps reaching out and has tweeted at me and, and sent me you know, DMs, uh, some not so polite, but others saying, when does Bullbound or not come back? It's the game that sweeps the nation. So, Damn it, second, when's it coming back? Why didn't we have it in week two? I, yeah, that's a great question. It's a great question, uh, Helen A. in Montana, but I, I, I just we, we can't do it there. We got to do it when it makes the most sense. So, Charlie, I am going to let you, because you are in collaboration with me on this here, I want you to pick the conferences tonight. Uh, should we do uh, should we do two or three? Let's do three. Let's do three. All right. What? Let's do three, and let's do the Big Ten is one of them. Okay. We're probably both most familiar with that one. All right. Let's do the Big Ten. We're going to only do. Let's just do teams. I'm gonna. What's the What's the With this being the opening. Uh, Game of the year, uh, the of Bullbound or not, the opening episode. Are we should we just do three win teams, or should we include some four win teams in there as well? Um, I'm uh, you know let's include some four win teams okay. too. Why not? All right, so that leaves us then with just the Big Ten West, and one of those teams we're going to start out with, and I can't believe I'm saying we're going to start with. You don't want to do Maryland as one of them? They're five wins, but it's worth noting. I only say this because I remember seeing this somewhere over the weekend, too. We got Michigan. That Maryland is not under Mike Loxley. It's not just, like, below 500, but it's way below 500 in the month of November. Yeah, and they lost to Northwestern last week. That is not a good way. you got to get to bowl eligibility against Northwestern, and we will start. You know what, Stackin? I'm twisting this game on you. I'm opening up Maryland. I'm asking you, Nathan Stackin. Yes. Five-win Maryland. They play. They play Penn State next. Yep. They play at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They play Michigan, mm-hmm. and they end the year at Rutgers. They they will be bowl bound. They will win one of those games. Okay. Uh, they'll win at least one of those games. Maryland is bowl bound. So. Okay, so they're either going to win at Nebraska or at New Jersey because I'm assuming you don't have them beating Penn State or Michigan. I would have said they would have beat Michigan at the maybe had they not lost to Northwestern. I would say that's kind of a sneaky game, but um, all bets are off now after you lose. Let's, to Northwestern. Let's, not just Northwestern. Also, that they lost to Illinois. Yes. Two weeks. Actually, I didn't realize this. I forgot that they they lost to Illinois. 
And then they had a bye week, and with extra time, they still lost 33-27 to Northwestern. It's bad. It's very bad. And we will start with Northwestern because, surprisingly <laughs> enough, they are 4-4. Four and four. Um, they have... I, we were so confident that Pat Fitzgerald is this great coach, and look what he did. Maybe Pat Fitzgerald actually wasn't that great, and it turns out, like, you know what, maybe it's not that hard to win at Northwestern after all. Because oh, this should have been one of the worst teams in the FBS, and yes. they're still somehow 500 through eight games. The North Dakota State defensive coordinator doing a great job there. They have a neutral site game with Iowa at Wrigley Field. The over-under on this game, by the way, is 29.5, I believe. It's the lowest. I saw that, like the lowest ever, apparently. Yes. yes. So, It'll be a real pitcher's duel at, the, at Wrigley Field. That's exactly right. Uh, I mean, uh, Chicago Cubs, I think, won game either this year or last year, scored 22 runs against Pittsburgh. Um, just annihilated them. But anyway, Northwestern. Uh, has a neutral site game with Iowa. They are at Wisconsin, home against Purdue, and at Illinois. Charlie's Northwestern, bull bound or not? I said this about Nebraska, that they could win all four or lose all four, and I feel 100% the same way about Northwestern with this. Yes. I, and God, I mean, Iowa, much like Nebraska also, is like, well, yeah, they could beat anyone because they could hold them to three points, but also they may only score six points. I am going to split the difference. And God, I never would have thought this going into the year. I'm going to say that they beat both Purdue and Illinois to get to six wins. And somehow Northwestern goes to a bowl game. And then as the weird thought of like, do we need, do do we have to hire the interim coaches or full-time head guy? Or do we go outside? We don't know what we're going to do now. Exactly. Which is something we thought would be a very easy decision a month ago. They'd be like, well, of course they're not going to bring them back. They're only going to win two games but now it's like well i i, I don't know this is going to be tough i can fully say we can blame minnesota for that blown uh lead against northwestern earlier this season that uh, ultimately doomed them uh or th- that will that win will propel northwestern to a bowl game how about illinois the big 10 west is the weirdest it's ever been i mean at least i don't remember it ever feeling this weird before yep well minnesota's leading it right now um, they, oh, by the way, before we, one last thing here, the, um, the ending to Iowa and Minnesota, do you agree with the fair catch call? I think by the letter of the law, it was the correct rule, but it's one of those where it's like, that's also dumb, man. It's, I don't love it. I think it was correct, but I think also... You know, just because, or what is it that your parents, or not your parents specifically, but parents say that, like, yep. just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. And I feel like they shouldn't have thrown it. And the real funny and weird thing, also worth noting that we're recording this on a Monday, that they announced earlier today that Iowa offense coordinator Brian Ferentz is not going to be retained, but will be able to coach the rest of the season. And I don't know if I've ever heard in my life of a coordinator being fired but being allowed to finish the year. That, I can think of times with head coaches it's happened where it's like, oh, well, this great head coach was here for 20 years. And of course, we'll let him finish the season, but he's not going to come back. But it's also a super weird scenario. And that's all just to say that the funny thing about that Iowa-Minnesota uh, punt return was, mm-hmm. if I remember right, Iowa had two timeouts left. Maybe it was just one, but I think it was two. Mm-hmm. 
and they were only down two points, mm-hmm. and they were at their own like forty yard line, mm-hmm. so they did not have to go far to get into field goal range. Nope. And the feeling, at least that I got watching the game and also on Twitter, is that universally, after they said, "Oh, fair catch," it doesn't count. Is everyone was like, "The game's over," and it's like, "Well, they don't have to go that far to get a field goal," and no one on the planet even remotely thought. Iowa had a chance with plenty of time and timeouts to get to get two first downs. That's because which they isn't had, that hard. They had two yards or negative two yards of total offense. No, no, in the I, I understand. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just in almost any other situation with any other team, you're like, well, that's bad. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to do that much at all. You, you 15 yards, uh, 20 yards, and you can kick a field goal, and you might not make it, but it's at least like a realistic try. Right. And, and, I, and I'm included in this. I wasn't different. It's, it was just like, oh, well, that's over. There's there's no way they can do that now. Mm-hmm. And they did. I don't remember. I think they threw a pick like on two or three plays in, if I yes. remember right. But, yep. And I just – it was such a strange scenario of like they, their offense can't do anything. Oh, my God. This amazing corner and punt returner bailed them out. How fantastic of an athlete! Oh, it didn't count. They're screwed. It's like, well, technically they have a chance. We're all just like, oh no, no, they don't have a chance. This is done. Right. Uh, Illinois is three and five. Let's get back to bull bound or not here. Illinois three and five. They are at five and three Minnesota this week, and then they are home against two and six Indiana, at six and two Iowa, and home against four and four Northwestern. So they have to go three and one in these games. Charlie is. Illinois bull bound or not? I don't think so. I I mean I picked Northwestern to win, so I don't want to go against that. I also think they they might be able to split against Minnesota and Iowa. I don't think they're gonna win both of those on the road. Okay. So no. All right. Sorry, sorry, Burt Bielema. I know that, you know, big friend of the program, mm-hmm. Burt Bielema, that you're gonna be sad that he's not gone to a bowl game, but yeah, after how good Illinois was last year, it turns out losing a bunch of good players uh, might take a little, uh, might take a year to re- regroup and re, you know, re. Also, I'm glad match. to say that after I'm working to get back in shape, that I'm less fat than Brett Bielman now, and I feel good about that. There you go. Very good. Uh, let's go to a different conference now. What uh, conference would you like to go to next? I'm scrolling through, I'm trying to find a one that's got a bunch of three and four win teams. So we don't have to do. Um, you know, five wins. Well, I mean, two and sixteen. Well, it's fine. We, that's the that's the beauty of it because inevitably we will be coming back to some of these conferences, uh, maybe next week or a couple weeks down the line. That you know they'll only have a couple games left and they'll have five wins. Oh, I scrolled too far. I got too far down. This is easy. I went back to the top. We're doing the ACC. The ACC. It's just the Big Ten West, but it's the entire conference, basically. Yeah, wow, yes. I mean, other than Florida State. Actually, it's pretty normal, where it's like, oh my god, Florida State's the best team in the conference? Yep. Who else is good? Nah, don't worry about it. Well, I mean, North Carolina could have laid claim to fame for that, but then they lose. They could have. They should have. I don't know what's going on with them. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Who would have thought Mac Brown, a former Texas coach, is like, that's weird, but this talented team under Mac Brown is just randomly losing games they shouldn't lose to. Yeah. That, that's weird. Like to terrible teams like Virginia and Georgia Tech. Hmm. Yeah. Not not good. Well, let's start also, with... Also, Stackin, just to congratulate you, it is weird looking at the conference standings 
you know, not historically, but based off the last few years, and being like, oh, Virginia Tech in third place at 3-1 and one in the ACC right now. I know, I'm feeling okay about this, feeling okay. And we're going to start with Virginia Tech right now. 4-4, four and four. they have three of their final ro- games are on the road, so that makes things difficult here. At number 15, Louisville this week. At Boston College, uh, five and three Boston College, I should say. They host five and three North Carolina State, and then at two and six Virginia. Charlie, are my Hokies bull bound or not? So your Hokies are four and four. They only need to win two out of the four. They just need mm-hmm. to split the difference. I don't think they're going to win at Louisville. I think Boston College at eleven a.m. the next week is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And Boston College also better than I thought they would be this year. Yep. I do think that your Hokies are going to beat Boston College. And then they're going to feel good and they're going to win the next two games also. They're getting to 7-5 and five stacking. Hokies yes. are bowling. You can't and see it, Charlie, but I'm fist pumping right now. Points. You can't see it, but I'm fist pumping. That's great to hear. I like it. How about Georgia Tech 4-4? Four and four. They are at 2-6 and six Virginia this week. At 4-4 four and four Clemson. Home against four and four Syracuse and home against eight and zero Georgia. Charlie is Georgia Tech bull bound or not? Real quick on Georgia Tech, I saw or I heard somewhere that not for the game, just in the fourth quarter alone, they ran for like two hundred and thirty yards against North Carolina, e- which for one quarter is just bonkers. That's <sighs> that's nuts. I. Uh, they're going to lose to Georgia. As funny as that would be, they're not going to win that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they're going to lose at Clemson. I kinda, you know what? Maybe not. I don't know. I think they are going to get two, though. They're going to beat Virginia. I think they're going to beat Syracuse at home. Um, actually, you know what? I take it back. They're going to lose at Virginia because Georgia Tech seems to play better against teams that uh, you think are good and they won't win. So, I mean, they'll lose to Georgia because they're not going to be able to beat the top-ranked team in the country. And they're going to lose at Virginia, but they're going to beat both Clemson and Syracuse. So they're 6-6, and and somehow they beat Syracuse, and they're going to a bowl game. All right. How about 4-4 Clemson? Home against against Notre Dame this week. Home against 4-4 Georgia Tech. Home against 6-2 North Carolina. At two and six, South Carolina. Can't believe we're asking this question, but Charlie is Clemson bull bound or not? Well, I just said that Georgia Tech was going to beat Clemson, so I can't go back on that. I don't think they're going to beat Notre Dame, so they're going to be four and six. I think they pull the upset against North Carolina. So that makes them five and six. And then they go against South Carolina. And I'm saying this slowly as I look at South Carolina's record, which is six. worse than I thought at two and six. Never mm-hmm. mind. I was going to say that they were both going to be five and six fighting for bowl eligibility. South Carolina is not getting to five wins. No. Uh, but, South Carolina, one of the more. South Carolina is going to be like, hey, guess what? You know what would be the next best thing? Beating to Clemson. beat Clemson and spoil their season. And I think they're going to do it. Clemson against, no way I would have thought this, is going to be 5-7 and seven, and is going to be in full-on meltdown mode the entire offseason. Wow. I, South Carolina is one of the true disappointing teams in college football this year. And Shane Beamer, ugh, 
I don't know. Um, may not be fit for South Carolina job. Come back up to Virginia Tech. You're all right, but things are going to – everything you said is correct. But on that one day against South – or against Clemson, they're going to feel good about that. Very true. Wake Forest, 4-4. Uh, four and four. They are at 5-3 and three Duke this week. Uh, I believe that's a Thursday night game. Uh, they are home against five and three NC State, at seven and two Notre Dame, and at four and four Syracuse. Charlie, is Wake Forest bull bound or not? They're going to lose at Duke. They're going to lose at Notre Dame. They're beating NC State, and then in a uh, we need to beat Syracuse on the road. Somehow the Demon Deacons come through in the clutch, get to six and six. Am I just picking all these teams to go because I think it's hilarious that the ACC has a bunch of 6-6 six six teams? I might be. I didn't go in planning to do that, but that's kind of the way it seems like that's going right now. Well, let me ask you then about said Syracuse squad. 4-4 four and four Syracuse is home against 5-3 and three Boston College this week. Home against 2-6 and six Pitt. At 4-4 four and four Georgia Tech. Home against 4-4 four and four Wake Forest. So, Charlie, is Syracuse bullbound or not? Bless you, by the way. Thank you. Um, I mean, they're losing to Georgia Tech and Wake Forest because I already picked those. But it's okay because they're going to beat both Boston College and Pittsburgh at home to get to six wins and then still finish 6-6 six and six overall. Very Syracuse good. is also going bowling. All right. Very good. So that's a lot of teams from the ACC. And Clemson's not going to be one of them. Amazing. Just Amazing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one last conference here this week. What what would you like to pick? Um, I'm picking between two. I'm just looking at the win loss records of. You know what? Let's do the Pac-12. Okay, Pac-12. We will start with. The Colorado Buffaloes. Oh, I'm so sorry you blew a 29-0 lead to Stanford at home. Oh, that's so sad and tragic. And then, oh, you had some jewelry stolen. I'm actually sad about the jewelry. That, that Don't go stealing jewelry, kids. That's, that, that's not good. Uh, but Colorado, 4-4. Four and four. They host 6-2 Oregon State. Fresh off a loss at Arizona. Probably shouldn't have lost that one. They host five and three Arizona at four and four Washington State at six and two Utah. Charlie is Colorado bull bound or not? It's worth noting that Utah does look maybe a little worse now after getting murdered by Oregon and after all their offensive guys keep getting hurt. Um, I do think they're going to lose to Oregon State and Utah. I think they'll beat Arizona, meaning that at what God. Then that means they've got to beat Washington State. Mm-hmm. And on a short week, they've got to play on Friday at Washington State. And I don't, I mean, I I don't really like Colorado. I do kind of like Deion Sanders, weirdly, though. And this is going to sound like I'm saying this to be petty, and I'm not. But, and I never would have guessed this after week two, but I think Nebraska is going to go to a bowl game and Colorado is not. Wow. And I just would not have. Until this week, that is not something I thought I would be able to say. Well, I'm, you know what? It it may be petty, but I don't really want to see him, them in there either. They, they it's been great, but yeah, it, I'm I'm kind of done with them for now. Let's get a little humble first, and then and then we can go from there. The Cal Golden Bears nearly beat USC. They are three and five. 
They are at Oregon this week, home against Wash four and four Washington State, at two and six Stanford, and at six and two UCLA. Charlie is Cal bull bound or not? Real quick on Cal, they lost to USC fifty to forty nine. I did not see this. I did hear somewhere that apparently, in a classic hashtag Pac-12's refs, that there was something wrong at the end of the first half and the teams went into the locker room and, like, the band started playing and at halftime. And then the refs were like, actually, wait, you guys got to come back and come out for one more untimed down oh play. Which I... nothing seems more the Pac-12's ending its existence as like, oh, hey, actually, we're, you guys have to come back out here even though halftime's already started. Oh, my. That is funny. Also, uh, yeah, so they've got to win three of their next four. And, uh, look, I don't think they're going to win at Oregon next week, which would then mean they would have to win the next three. I think they might be able to beat Washington State at home, and I think they could win at Stanford, even though Stanford's starting to look better. But I don't think that they're going to – I don't even know if they'll win both of those, and I don't think they're going to win at UCLA. I, I think they're only going to get one more win, so they're going to finish 4-8. and eight. Okay. And uh, also, unfortunately, Cal may be the one Pac-12 school that's like, actually, let's just stop playing football forever. We don't care about sports at this school. We're done. Well, they did get uh, Stanford and SMU as their two permanent, like, allies – or, like, uh, matchups – in the the ACC unveiled their seven year seventeen team schedule deal. Oh, did they have do that today? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yep. Okay. Uh, they get Stanford and SMU. So, congrats. Congrats. Stanford, sure. But and, you know, stacking. How often do we talk about that heated SMU Cal rivalry? Like those two towns that are exactly the same, Dallas and Berkeley. I mean, I, just, they are identical. The bid diagram is just a circle. If people could only see our text chain going back and yeah. forth on this, I think that they, they would you be You mean Crins in 2011 talking yes. about how, how SMU and, and Cal is going to be the game that decides the ACC. Exactly. Yep. We, you know, we were well ahead of our time. Well ahead of our time. Finally, Washington State 4-4. Four and four. They host 2-6 and six Stanford this week at 3-5 and five Cal. They host 4-4 four four Colorado, and then they are at 8-0 Washington. So, Charlie, is Washington State bull-bound or not? The Pac-12's weird, and I feel dumb thinking, like, well, this team's better. They're clearly going to win because so often weird stuff happens on the road. I mean, as bad as we knew USC's defense was, I don't think either of us thought they'd give up 49 points to Cal and need to win 50-49. to 49. And I still think Washington State's going to win the next three games. So they're going to get to seven and – what would that make them? Seven yep, and yep. – Seven and four. Seven and four to set up a bigger Apple Cup and then we'll lose to Washington. But still going to a bowl game in their last year in the Pac-12. All right. Very good. Should we do one more conference? I feel like we should do one more. Let's do one more, and this time you're picking which one we're doing. All right, we're going to do the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, because uh, there's a bunch of 4-4 four and four teams here. So let's go to Old Dominion, 4-4. Four and four. Old Dominion faces 5-3, they host 5-3 Coastal Carolina this week. They're at 8-0 Liberty. 
They are at 6-2 Georgia Southern and home against 6-2 Georgia State. Charlie, is Old Dominion bullbound or not? Unfortunately for Old Dominion, uh, who in the last year of the NCAA football video game, I like to uh, build into a powerhouse and dynasty mode. Nice. I don't think they're going to win any of them. I think they're going to lose all four to end the year. So a uh, down note for the Monarchs. Four and four. It's actually fitting for Monarchs that it's like, wow, look how good of a shape we're in. Oh, no. Look at our downfall. <laughs> Very good. How about four and four App State? They host four and four Marshall this week at six and two Georgia State at eight and oh, George, uh, James Madison and home against six and two Georgia Southern. Charlie is Appalachian State. Bullbound or not? I don't think they are either. I think they're only going to win one of them. I mean, they'll go into the Georgia Southern game with a chance to get bowl eligible, but they won't fall short. Okay. Four and four, Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. At App State this week. Home against six and two, Georgia Southern. At four and four, South Alabama. Home against four and four, Arkansas State. Charlie is Marshall. Bullbound or not? The Thundering Herd are going to thunder their way to a bowl game by winning at least two, if not three more games. All right. Very good. How about those Arkansas State Red Wolves coached by... Also, I don't feel great about that, seeing that Marshall has the fewest points scored in conference play this year in the conference. But but I'm sticking with that. I'm not not changing my guns. All right. Arkansas State coached by Butch Jones, I believe. They host 5-3 Louisiana this week. They are at 4-4 South Alabama, host 5-3 Texas State, and at 4-4 Marshall. Charlie, is Arkansas State bullbound or not? Unfortunately for the Red Wolves, no. They are only going to win one of those, and they're going to finish 5-7. All right. And they're not even going to get in on the academic thing because there's going to be enough bowl-eligible teams anyways. All right. Finally, we end with good old USA, South Alabama, home or at 6-2 Troy this week. Home against four and four Arkansas State. Home against four and four Marshall, and at five and three Texas State. Charlie is USA bullbound or not? You know what? I can't pick against the USA. I feel unpatriotic, so I'm going to say they just get to two. So we will put them to six. So you get two wins. They're going. They're going. All right. South Alabama good. all the way, baby. All right. Excellent. Next week, then. That means we will take on the AAC, the Big 12, the uh, Conference USA, and the MAC and the Mountain West and the SEC. We got a lot next week, but um, we'll see if it all. Some of these teams inevitably will will pan out a little differently, but uh, that's what we got looking forward to next week. Charlie, anything? All right. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Um, real quick, just trying to think if there's anything else that I noticed over the weekend. Um, but I think we talked about everything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, you know what? I will say, I will say, go big, go blue, go Jacks. It's fun seeing them be like, hey, guess what? We didn't have to sweat it out in Vermilion. We just bully balled them and we tried to hurt them on defense. And to be fair, not injured, but just being like, we are trying to hit you so hard that you do not want to play football anymore. And it seemed like a very effective strategy. Let's hope that they do that to the Bison this week and retain the Dakota marker. Agreed. 100% agree. 
All right, very good. Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the college football. Hopefully you don't have to be out in the cold this week with cross country, but uh, enjoy the weekend. Nope, the upside is essentially we state cross country, but cross country is done until next year. So. Very good. Well, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. Thanks, Sagan. Talk to you later, bud. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. You can find Charlie on Twitter at CE Hildebrand. Uh, a lot going on there. I'm very surprised by his Michigan take, not thinking that anything will happen or maybe like should happen. I think something should happen, but that's that's just me. But anyway, uh, we will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look. Back at week 8 in the NFL and make some early picks for week 9. That's all coming up here next on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com and archives.org as well as iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Week 8 recap, week 9 picks coming up next here. As we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com and on iTunes. We wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at what happened in week eight in the NFL and make some early picks for week nine. It began last week, Thursday night football, Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buffalo wins 24-18. Maybe, though, there should have been a pass interference penalty called on the late Hail Mary uh, against Buffalo that would have given the Bucks the ball at, like, the two-yard line, perhaps. Could have won the game with a touchdown and a subsequent extra point. Buffalo didn't play good in this game once again, uh, but they did enough, I guess, to get the win with thanks to the refs, maybe? Don't know. Sunday, then, uh, Minnesota Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers 24-10. Kirk Cousins was great in this one until he got hurt, which is very unfortunate because the Vikings season really looked to be turning around. Defense played great against Jordan Love and the Packers. Packers offense is absolutely atrocious in the first half uh, of games. Four, Four, three and outs for them in this one uh, in the first half. It was bad. It was ugly. Vikings tried to give it away, but uh, ultimately they hang on to win. We'll see what Jaron Hall can do this week. He has been named the starter. Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers. Congrats to Bryce Young getting his first win as an NFL starter. Carolina beats the Houston Texans 15-13 on a walk-off field goal by Eddie Pinheiro. Dallas Cowboys embarrassed new dad Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams 43-20. CeeDee Lamb was on fire in this one. What, like 12 catches, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Dak Prescott was on. The defense, uh, Deron Bland got a pick six, his third of the year. They were all over the Rams in this one and cruised to victory. Uh, The New Orleans Saints get the 38-27 win over the Indianapolis Colts. Derek Carr in the offense actually looked pretty good. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Taysom Hill had two rushing touchdowns. Saints offense, like I said, was superb against Indianapolis, and they get the 38-27 win. Miami Dolphins, uh, Tua Tagovailoa remains undefeated against Bill Belichick now, 6-0 in his career. The Dolphins beat the Patriots 31-17. Closer game, like the Patriots played well, uh, held the Dolphins fairly in check, but Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, each with over 120 yards receiving and a touchdown. The Dolphins prevail 31-17. Arguably the worst game of the season to date. The New York Jets somehow miraculously get a 13-10 win over the Giants, who lost quarterback Tyrod Taylor to a rib injury. They went to third uh, string quarterback uh, 
Ryan DeVito, some with some DeVito, and like they had negative nine yet net passing yards. Yet they had a 10-7 lead, fourth and one, 28 seconds to go. A field goal would put them up by six. Graham Gano misses it. Probably should have just ran the football there, but they didn't. Jets get it. Zach Wilson takes the Jets down the field in 24 seconds with no timeouts. Kick a game-tying field goal. They win it in overtime with a field goal. Jets win 13-10 in a game they had no business winning. Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 20-10. Rainy day in Pittsburgh. Travis Etienne had another solid day uh, receiving and rushing. Great, He's been absolutely outstanding, especially if you have him in fantasy this year. Uh, Kenny Pickett gets injured in the second quarter. Rib injury. Mitch Trubisky comes in, doesn't do much. Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver for Pittsburgh, says that the they were hosed by the refs. Okay. Maybe maybe just not very good offensively, Deontay. Uh there were some questionable calls, no doubt, but uh, Jacksville ultimately gets the win. How about the debut for rookie quarterback Will Levis? Rookie out of Kentucky throws four touchdowns in Tennessee's 28-23 win over Atlanta. Three of those touchdowns went to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, coming into the game, Ryan Tannehill had two passing touchdowns on the year. Levis doubled that with four. He looked amazing, and the Titans get the big win over Atlanta. Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington Commanders 38-31. Very, uh, very good game. Uh, Sam Howell throws for nearly 400 yards for Washington. They had a lead throughout much of this game, but he couldn't stop A.J. Brown. Eight catches, 129 yards, two scores. Jalen Hurts played good, and they ultimately scored 21 unanswered or 21 straight points in the fourth quarter and prevail with the victory. Seattle Seahawks beat the Cleveland Browns 24-20. Looked like Cleveland, uh, after spotting Seattle early 17 points, the Cleveland defense really played well. They had a 20-17 lead late. Third down, P.J. Walker throws a pass. It's intercepted. Seattle drives down the field and scores with 24 seconds left, and they ultimately prevail 24-20. Baltimore Ravens uh, behind the Gus bus. Gus Edwards, three rushing touchdowns. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 31-24. Justin Tucker missed a field goal in this one. That is really surprising. No Taylor Swift appears to be a big problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. They lose 24-9, snapping eight to Denver, which snapped a 16-game winning streak against the Broncos. Uh, what Mahomes had a at least one touchdown pass in 29 straight starts or something like that. Uh, that was snapped. Travis Kelsey only had six catches for 58 yards. The Chiefs had five turnovers in this one. Mahomes did have a, was battling the flu, but still no excuse uh, for for that kind of effort. Denver gets the big win. Cincinnati coming off of a bye hands the San Francisco 49ers their third straight loss and very concerned 49ers faithful after Joe Burrow and, and company just sliced and diced the 49ers defense early on. Uh, Burrow was great. What, 28-32? He started the game with like 19 straight completions. Amazing stuff that he was able to do and they get the win over the 49ers. Chargers beat Tyson Bajent and the Bears 30-13. Why this game was on Sunday Night Football, I don't know. Tough to get a read as to how well things are working for the Chargers again when you play a bad Bears team. And speaking of bad, the Las Vegas Raiders lose to the Detroit Lions 26-14. This game never should have been that close. The, Ra the Lions thoroughly dominated the Raiders, but had multiple turnovers, had a missed chip shot field goal, a pick six for the Raiders, kind of kept them in it, but... Ultimately, Detroit wins 26-14. And let's go to Week 9. Uh, it begins Thursday night with the Tennessee Titans, 3-4 Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 4-3, 8-15 p.m. Eastern, 7-15 p.m. Central Time on Prime Video. 
Sounds like Will Levis is getting the start. Kenny Pickett wants to play for the Steelers. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here, but I don't say that with a great degree of confidence. If Trubisky plays or has to come in, I think Tennessee wins. I, I just don't like this game at all, but we'll take Pittsburgh. Sunday morning, set your alarm, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the NFL Network from Frankfurt, Germany, the Miami Dolphins, and the Kansas City Chiefs. What a game that Germany is getting here. The could be the game of the year. The Dolphins, uh, the Chiefs coming off that bad loss, they better turn things around quick, but you know Tyreek Hill is going to want to have a monster game against his former team. I'm going to go with the Dolphins here to beat Kansas City. I, Kansas City will still be fine, but I like the Dolphins to ultimately prevail and get the victory here. Seattle Seahawks, uh, Atlanta, uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Jaron Hall getting the start here for the Vikings. I want the Vikings to win. They would have won if Kirk Cousins was playing. Sounds like um, Taylor Heineke is expected to get the start for Atlanta. I'm going to go with Atlanta here just because of the Vikings quarterback situation, but I think the Vikings very well can win this game. Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Seattle is 5-2, Baltimore 6-2. Battle of the Birds here. I think Seattle's going to be just fine. They're going to compete and hang in this one, but Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just too good right now, taking the Ravens. Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Josh Dobbs gets shipped off to Minnesota in the trade deadline. We you have um, so you got Clayton Toon starting. He's going to play. Kyler Murray not uh, ready to go quite yet. Playing the Browns defense, no chance. Browns roll over Arizona in this one. LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. After the Rams were waxed by the Cowboys. How do, do we really expect them to go up to Green Bay and get the win? I don't. I think Green Bay's offense is going to finally figure things out to a degree. I like Green Bay to get the win in this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Tampa, you got to start figuring it out here soon. If you lose to Houston, the season could go down the crapper in a, in a hurry. I'm going to go with Houston here. I don't feel confident about it, but we'll take, we'll take C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Commanders just sent two defensive ends away, stockpile on picks, probably in line to get a franchise quarterback in next year's draft. I'll try the Patriots here. I don't like this game at all either, but we'll, we'll roll with the Patriots because I'm not sure if the Commanders are committed to winning. Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Tyson Bajan getting the start once again for Chicago. New Orleans offense playing well. Going against the Bad Bears defense, who did add Montez Sweat, defensive end from Washington, before the trade deadline, but New Orleans gets the win here. Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I'd like to take Carolina here. I think Indy is just a slightly better team. We'll take the Colts over the Panthers in this one. New York Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Daniel Jones is playing in this one. The Raiders' offense hasn't started 20 points. If Daniel Jones wasn't playing, I'd go with the Raiders, taking Danny Dimes and the Giants to get the win. Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. What a game this is. Uh, battle in the NFC East. The Cowboys have been playing great. Philadelphia finds ways to win. They're going to find a way to win this one, too. Until Dallas goes into Philly and beats the Eagles, got to go with the Eagles here. 
Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. How this game is not on Monday Night Football, given what ESPN did uh, in their coverage of what happened with DeMar Hamlin last year, I don't know. This is a massive miss by the NFL. Uh, very disappointed in how they get, they scheduled this game. It will be DeMar Hamlin's first game back in Cincinnati. I'm sure there will be a lot of emotions, not only for him, but for the entire Bills team. Right now, Bills aren't playing very good right now. The Bengals are. I'm rolling with the Bengals here. And finally, the LA Chargers at the New York Jets, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Hey, Chargers, you want to show that you're good? Beat the Jets. That's a good defense there. I think Justin Herbert makes a play or two. The Chargers win a low-scoring game. Jaguars, 49ers, Lions, Broncos, all off this week on the bye. Those are your Week 9 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com and our Football Friday post. Uh, thanks to for uh, thanks to you for listening. We were off again last week. Uh, had a lot of stuff going on. But uh, thank you to, to Travis and Charlie for joining me. It was a long edition. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We will be back next week to talk World Series, NFL, college basketball tipping off next week. Very excited about that. College football as well. We'll be talking about uh, another edition of Bull Bound or not. So looking forward to that. Get some reaction to the college football playoff rankings as well. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com or archive.org. Also available on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Krins at Travis Krins, Charlie Hildebrand at C.E. Hildebrand, uh, Facebook Nathan Stacken, link to the podcast, post in middle to later part of each week. Have a great rest of your week. Hopefully, I'll have a good Halloween or had a good Halloween, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition and the first edition in November of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. And good luck if you are in Minnesota and deer hunting as deer hunter opener is beginning. So good luck to all the hunters out there. Listen to the podcast while you're listening to nature and shooting your buck here on the Sports Block Podcast.